T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Previously on Gresh and Fourier. Oh, hey, don't forget about the guy, you know, with the out-of-state plate in the Miata flashing everyone, thinking that everybody should get out of their way. This is why I don't want to drive to work with you. You can't tell me you're holding it in on your ride to work either. Oh, I say some holy Thank things. you, yeah. Like, and I wouldn't want people riding with me. This is Gresh and Fourier. We're going to trade down. We're going to add picks. We're going to have two picks going into next year. If the quarterback's there, you got to get the quarterback. And if there's a good one to take, you take them. Because, look, you can't find them. Well, who's going to play quarterback if we move down? Who's going to play? Mac. You're not going back. You're going to lose the team if you go back with Mac. Andy Gresh. You need someone that you can win because of, not just someone you can win with. Brock Purdy really didn't do that. I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he even had a bad game. And they still lost because they don't have the guy at the most important position. Christian Fourier. To me, it's always going to be tough because Brady beat me in the Super Bowl. That's the one thing you'll always have in my head. But um, I know it's a long ways away, and it's not something that I'm like, I need to get seven Super Bowls right now. But it does give me that added motivation to continue to be great every single day. Gresh and Fourier right now. If you can see their wieners, then they're hireable. On WEEI. Oh, boy. It is a split squad edition of Gresh and Fourier today for very, very different reasons. (laughs) <laughs> and, Chris, and Christian, I want to start with number one. Glad your yeah. surgery went okay. Uh, uh, we went great. Will, uh, no issues. Have you ever we, actually had a surgery? Not not just you, but anybody where you know you wake up from uh, you know from uh, wake up from the surgery, and then the doctor comes and sees you and says, you know what. <sighs> Man, that went horrible. Man, I don't know what I was thinking. I was drunk last night, and boy, they told me not to do it. Like it never happens that way. I've never. I've had at least thirty surgeries in my life, and I've never had a doctor say, "You know what? I messed up, bud. We're gonna have to go back in." <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? What so number did I'm assuming it went well. What number did you get to as they were counting you down when you were going under? Did you make it to seven? The, the 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 dude screwed me. I said, "Listen, I'm gonna try this. I tried every time. I've never gone past nine, so I would like to try." And as soon as I as soon as they transferred me from the little gurney to like the actual operating table, the dude must have said, "Screw this guy." He just gave me the juice right away, and I was out. Wow! I was so not you happy didn't even... when I woke up. By the way, why? 
Because I, you're screwing with my little game I'm playing. You, what, is, what does he think he is? Just trying to keep me alive? I have a game I'm playing. You're screwing it oh, up. Oh, of course. Yes, it's a competition with Christian's life, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> how quickly can we dope him up or how slow do we want to go? Do we want him to feel us cutting into his ankle? Find out on Fourier competes against himself. What are you doing? No, True to form. True to form. But how about you, stuck at home? Look at look at you in your studio. I mean, I tell you, you don't mess around with your at-home studio. Like It looks like... You know, you're at, you know, headquarters right now. No, this looks like the uh, rubber room at the puzzle factory, quite honestly. This is like the place where uh, you would uh, lose your mind. And we look great on Twitch. Good morning to the Twitchers. Twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. But what I want to start with, Christian, is a thank you. Who, to me? A thank you, no, to oh. Billy and Nick, who are in there grinding today. I know we live much more south than them, but still, those guys are in there uh, doing the Lord's work in the middle of uh, this snowstorm. And, uh, well, I mean, exactly. They are today. The, yeah, uh, what did they, remember when the Patriots got wrapped up in that whole, um, oh, what was it like the, the, all the military honoring and they were like, the military was paying for it and then yeah. it got exposed and everybody had to give the money back and all that kind of stuff. If we were to do today's heroes like we were at Gillette Stadium, it would be, ladies and gentlemen, please stand up and honor the grit and hustle and work of Billy Lenny and Chicken Nick LePen. And they would well, stand there and wave <laughs> uncomfortably, yeah. and then they go back underneath yeah. and okay, have, a, have a beer. Yeah, I will say, like, the people of uh, New England, I used to think that were really tough. It's like when there is like school closings at two o'clock the day before and everything is shut down. Gyms are shut down. Schools are shut down. This area, it real, this region has really gotten soft. It, it is. It's soft. Like how quickly they've determined that no, we're life smart. cannot go on because of a little sprinkling of snow. No, well, first of all, this isn't just a little sprinkling. Like with the, as you and I are talking over the next four hours, that's when the heaviest. Po- I know that you don't follow the weather at all, which is amazing to me. I look outside. I go, who? Yeah, tut, tut, uh, it uh, looks like uh, rain. Yeah, boys, uh, Christian, first of all, I missed three of his calls this morning because I had my phone on vibrate. When we finally talked, he goes, oh, you're home today? And I'm like, we're getting like eight to ten inches of snow. And he just goes. <laughs> Oh, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> how in the world can you live in New England with everything going on and not have an idea that, that there's going to, I'm in like the jackpot zone. So I got oh, up this okay. morning, I got up this morning, like 7.30, 7.45. I tweeted a video pretty much right away. I tweeted maybe an hour later of the whole snow coming down. Here's what it is in New England, Christian. We've gotten smart about it. I think like we have now figured out, yeah, we can manage it. No, by the way, uh, what four miles down the road from my house, there's a bridge. It doesn't work. So they got to get all snow off of that, let alone all the idiots as well. And those people that are clearing it are the idiots to let the bridge go bad in the first place. So maybe I'm better off at home and just buying pizza on Friday for the crew. Who's in there busting their ass because I need a freaking helicopter to get off my Island. I got pizza. I got pizza this week. Here's the thing. Here's I think I owe you pizza for the Super the Bowl. Here's why I don't watch the. I don't watch the Weather Channel. I don't do any of that stuff. I have a four wheel truck. I have. A, well, I have a car that's four wheel drive. So in any situation, I feel like I can get out of it. I have a coat. I have like winter shoes. I have pants that I can wear. So the elements 
should never be an issue. And I will tell you what, do they ever shut down the ski resorts? They don't ever shut down Wachusett's. People are still going there to go skiing. Everything else can stay open. I mean, that makes closed, no sense. But they keep the, they keep the Wachusett Mountain open. Hey, what? It's snowing a lot. Hey, that- everybody comes. They're telling you to stay off the roads. They're telling you that that, <sighs> that school is canceled. Yeah, they're going to keep the ski resort open. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Well, because those people know how to get up there. It's like shutting down Atlantis because there's too much sun. Like they, it, well, there's sunscreen. It, it, well, no, but it's like built for snow, and there are people who have like the all-terrain vehicles who can really deal with it. I'll tell you what really changed things, quite honestly, was for us the pandemic because now we know we can functionally work from home if need be. And one of the first things my wife said when I walked in the door today or yesterday, she was like, "Oh, you working from home tomorrow?" It's like everybody's hip to the game too. So I just wanted to uh, thank Billy and Nick because uh, they're the uh, they're the ones in the uh, in the house today. Uh, we are up and live and rolling on Twitch. Uh, how long do you have a cast on for? Well, I do not have a cast. It is like half cast, half just ace bandage. So to be honest with you, I really don't know what the hell went on. All I know is you probably shouldn't tell a doctor, uh, hey, just figure it out when you get in there. What? You did not do that, <laughs> I did. did you? I did. I absolutely did. And did, I did. you I was like, listen, roll, uh, I had and did. And did you steamroll your way into this surgery time, by the way, as well? I Well, if I didn't steamroll steam my way into it, I wouldn't get in for two months. Oh. So I was like, ah, oh, this isn't happening. So I, jam- I shoehorned my way in there, and then I shoehorned my way into an earlier time so I could get, get out of there quicker. And then I'm sh- trying to shoehorn my way out of this stupid thing they had me in so I could start walking around, and my wife is like, you know, like, that's the saint because she, she has to deal with my ass, like not being able to walk around, you know, trying to ignore the doctor's, you know, instructions because I feel like I know better, you know. So before the doctor put me under, he's like, I was like, hey, there's this and there's that. And you have a lot of damage here. I'm like, listen, when you get in there, just fix it. Just get in. When you get in there, fix it. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> I haven't how seen I played it. I haven't seen the movie Iron Claw yet, but I know the story of the wrestler Carrie Von Erich in the Iron Claw, where I don't know how they told it cinematically, but uh, the guy went out and got his ankle and leg mangled in a car wreck and then was the same uh, thought process of you. Oh, I know better. I'll be able to get out there right away. And his leg just mangled, and they had to, like, amputate it eventually because he stepped on it too early. I hope you are not at the point to where you're going to step on this thing, and then the next thing you know, you're going back in because you're just being stubborn. You know what I need to do? Like, this is a problem, and I'm not even kidding, is I'm a, I should I still have a mentality of a football player where you get to surgery – you know, two days later, they take everything off and they start rehabbing you right away. Like they, there's no downtime. If they can take the cast off and and move you and do some stuff to speed up the process, they do it. You know, my doctor's like, listen, what are you in a rush for? Like, where are you, where, where are you, where are you, where are you getting ready for? And I'm like, you're right. I don't have any place to be. Uh, I don't like. I'm not getting ready for OTAs. I'm not under. Uh, I don't have like a contract. I'm trying to earn. He's like, just, just shut up. Just shut up and just, just you know, deal with it like a normal person. And of course, again, I'm like, well, I'm not a normal person. <laughs> Wait well, till you see these yeah, crutches. You, you, Look, hold on, I yeah, want to oh, see these on Twitch. Oh, I, I, yeah, I can see them on Twitch. They're, they're, they're not the uh, garden variety that Grandma <laughs> used to thing. get when she got her hip fixed. There's a reflector I mean, on this thing. 
That's a reflector. I mean, if you go to Twitch right it, now, photo, don't, don't, go to WEEI. The, uh, there's a reflector, and then this there's there's shock absorbers on this end, and then there's I don't know if you can and I got shocks on the other end. So this is about as high end of a crutch as you can get. Did you purchase that? <laughs> of course I did. Of course, and I bought oh my a knee God. rover. Why wouldn't you just? Why, why? Why? Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't they just give it to you? Have you? Uh, they, they give you crutches, but they're horrible. The ones that you see in World War II movies, like they suck. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're going to be on crutches, if you ever been on crutches for a long period of time, no. Okay, I have, and it's horrible. So I spend the money on crutches because it's just it's my livelihood, and I rather be in. If I'm going to be in pain, I want some sort of comfort, and this gives it to me, dude. I can run like uh, a marathon. I can run a sprint with these things. I get so good at them. Oh no, 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 There's no, like pogo no, sticks. no, no. Listen, you have uh, you have already <laughs> forgotten. Uh, first of all, I have a couple of theories on why you got this surgery. Now, number one, it was so that you could avoid. All Valentine's Day stuff with your wife. Already you got a present. A it's coming today. Bam. Way ahead of it. Already Way ahead got of a present. Well, already, oh my I already God. got a gift. That's showing. I had to tell her just now. I said, hey, there's going to be a package coming. Don't open it. And we don't even celebrate Good Valentine's Lord. Day. We hate Valentine's Day. No, I don't. We don't. We do nothing. However, you bought a gift, so you're celebrating Valentine's Day. Well, I felt like it was like a gift. Or you're just a puss. Like, Thank you for the effort, you know, because she's going to have to deal with me for the next three weeks. So I feel like I oh, need to pay it forward oh, now. Oh, oh. I'm going to build up some ah. goodwill equity now. I'm going to do it now, build it all up, and then take it, make, make a withdrawal. And uh, Nick and Billy, I don't know what you guys think of this, but uh, this surgery for Fourier is very convenient timing. How? Considering, uh, it, it is, uh, and, and guys, you might need to update me. Is tomorrow the day Fourier is supposed to set a world record in something? It is. He was supposed it to is. do yeah. the uh, underwear putting on yeah. world record tomorrow. There you go. Oh, that's that's right. right. I couldn't remember. Ten pairs of underwear I couldn't remember. under 13.3 seconds. That's right. I for, you know what? Good pull. Yeah, wow. he's going to do it now. one thing about you guys know me so well. You guys oh. know me. Yeah. I forced my way into this early surgery so I can listen, Doc. I have this bet. And I can't get out of it. You need to help me. I need to be physically incapable of attempting this. He's like, "Don't worry, I got you." And he hooked me up. Oh, this is this is great in the Twitch chat, which I have up on my phone because I'm out of laptops to be able to use and look at stuff for uh, the uh, stash and beard of Sir Gresh in the Twitch chat, Twitch.tv/slash/BostonWeei. Uh, you're not fooling us in Twitch. That's a metal detector. You going to the beach after the show? Fake injury. <laughs> yeah, you think you're walking around with a metal detector like some uh like some librarian on the beach looking for uh looking for hidden treasure. Uh well the Super Bowl ratings are out and of course it is the most watched telecast in history with a total audience of 123.4 million average viewers across platforms. That's the average. Uh so the peak because I'm sure there were some lows, but the peak must have been pretty damn high once we, uh, you know, once the game started to to heat up. That is a massive amount of average uh, viewers, and we had to get some Fourier thoughts on the Super Bowl, and it ties us into what we heard in the open. Fourier, I love it that it's oh well, uh, you got to find him a Holmes and a Brady, yeah, because they're just walking all over the planet. Like, 
we are and and we're and we're going to get sucked into the vortex because of this number three pick. So we got some Super Bowl thoughts to get to. We got some Celtics to get to. Tom Kern will be with us at noon. 617-779-7937. Good morning to the Twitchers. You can watch us on YouTube. Type in WEEI. Click on that live stream. And uh, you can. Uh, uh, lots of people are making jokes about my studio like they've seen it for the first time. <laughs> yeah, it looks like I could. How about this? You know what it looks like? It looks like I could take some of these Twitchers to get a little salty in the chat and bring them into this area right here, and no one would hear the screams. Yeah. That's what you call that's it. Why, it's like uh, fighting in a yeah, phone That's booth. why that's I built this studio. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, like the whole Superman changing in the phone booth, <laughs> yeah. where it's the whole, uh, what What did, uh, what, damn it, what did Bernie Mac say? Put some Kool-Aid on your eyes and lips. You can't yell. It's the funniest <laughs> thing ever in a part of Kings of Comedy. Anyway, we will get into the Super Bowl. We will get into Fourier's thoughts and uh, building the Patriots. Again, it's real trite to say, go find Mahomes or Brady. There's only two of them, and the evidence shows it. And, hell, they've even crossed against each other. We'll get to all of it. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Grash and Fourier. On WEEI. First and goal. Mahomes swings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special... This was the Andy Reid special we talked about. He was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career, he's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it. And in overtime, he is the best. He is the standard when Michael Jordan wins it again. Oh, that's the way it sounded on CBS, and Foyer didn't like it. No, no, no. It, it, it is weird. I did not realize. So I thought that your main crew, like your CBS number one crew, which is Nance and Romo. Yeah, yeah. The, other, other than like a, a non-English speaking country where they have to provide you know, their own telecast in Germany and Spain. And, it's Spanish and German, obviously. I heard... Chris Fowler and Dan Orlovsky, I do the same call for New Zealand and Australia. And I oh. don't uh, – And Fowler was better, by the way. Um, Orlovsky's kind of turning massive dopey on me. I can't handle him anymore. What? But he just – he's so unbelievably affected. I, sometimes I don't know. Like, I just he's just so affected. And But I, just, I personally did not know that there was uh, – like, why would New Zealand and Australia, why wouldn't they just use Romo and Nance? He's this the best player I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, this that isn't the road I thought you were going to. That's why, yeah, that's the road I thought you were going to go that down. Is, but That is ultimately uh, where I would end up. Uh, but, uh, no, the international rights are chopped up. Like, CBS has domestic, and then there might be some worldwide rights based on Paramount+. Plus. But, come on, do you think the NFL is just going to uh, hand that over and not dip their hands into the pots of all the other countries in which they could make money. So that's the sneaky way how ESPN does some things, right? I've talked about when I was working up there in 07, if we even uttered the word masters, we had to get it cleared by somebody because they were bidding for, at the time, I think it was online rights 
and then the par three challenge. And then ultimately it expanded from there. But um, I do believe, hold on, I think I might have written it into the, uh, into the deal. It's, uh, yeah, there are non-worldwide rights that are granted to some of these companies. Some of them pay the freight to be able to put it on all over the world. But yeah, basically ESPN in Australia was the clearinghouse for the Super Bowl. Yeah, see, I thought it was, hell, that number from CBS with those ratings was because they had. No. Okay, so th- again, That's I didn't domestic. know that. That was, that was totally new to me. I thought now, that was just it, a little odd. It, it did say across platforms, so there might be some other numbers kind of baked into it. But no, the NFL wants it chopped up by country. Okay. You know, oh, yeah. No, it's a, so uh, I, I, I didn't think you were going to go there. Uh, well, you objected to the whole Tony. Uh, Tony Romo's taking a lot of heat the past couple of days. Yeah, I, listen, I don't care. It's like, so what? Like, people are so critical of him. And, and then they're jumping on the. You know, Chris Fowler did it better than Jim Nance. I, I could care less. I honestly, God, could care less. That's not even what I'm interested in. That last little clip of Orlovsky just in utter awe of what he just witnessed. And maybe I'm just jealous and maybe I'm just a little irritated that I feel like we're just literally just, you know, in a hot tub time machine. But when we go back in time, we change the space-time continuum because we started interjecting ourselves, so everything is different. Because the same things that Brady did at the, at while he was playing, making the big plays while he was in Super Bowls, is suddenly just forgotten. And now there's like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, granted, has earned the accolades and the respect that he is getting. Um it's this. He's the best looking girl to dance right now, and everybody wants a piece. So, well, I, I think Christian, what it's done is it's kind of a clouded thought process on team building, and it has definitely clouded the way I think NFL fans think from this respect. If you go back and look at all the way back to when the Patriots got hot again, and then now it's Patrick Mahomes, right? So the only other people who have interjected themselves into this discussion over the last decade of like being good enough to win a Super Bowl pretty much was Peyton Manning and the year Nick Foles rose up and beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But what is the constant? Brady and Mahomes, they're one of one. Yeah. When you look at the way San Francisco has built their roster, most teams have to build their roster the way San Francisco does, unless you're just going to be one of these teams that is at the top of the draft every three years and you're going to reset a quarterback and you're just going to try to hit on that guy and then build from there. Christian, what are the odds that over the next five years, someone in the draft finds Patrick Mahomes 2.0 or Tom Brady 2.0? And that's a little bit of what I worry about with the Patriots and the fallacy of, Well, you got to take the quarterback. Well, if he's wrong and you're building around him, so to speak, then you're building a football team that might not be functional. So my overall point is is that we've been wrapped up into evaluating Super Bowls and great performances. Yeah, because it's two legendary players who have dominated most of a decade. And I think when most people say, oh, yeah, I'd love to get a Brady and a Mahomes. Well, if you can help people find them, there are 20 or sorry, there are 30 
eh, maybe with Aaron Rodgers and a few, there's, say, 27 NFL teams who would love to take your phone call on where that guy is. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It is, um, it is interesting, though, being on the other side of this. So the, the only other time that I've been on the other side of just really a helpless situation, um, because even on Friday, you know, we took a couple calls, and the one knucklehead that called him, I won't say his name, was like bitching and complaining about our, but they have Mahomes quote, right? The, the 49ers are talented. Mm-hmm. They have this. They have that. At, but the Chiefs have Mahomes. And I would say that game is a, is a, a, a great example of, of what the they have Mahomes phrase is about. Just like, well, but they have Brady. It's the same thing. You get in a situation, you start mismanaging the clock, you get a couple breaks, the Chiefs defense just buckles down. They make a big play in overtime to make their team sell for three points, and then they get the ball back, they know what their situation is, and they get a touchdown. The stress that comes from playing against the Chiefs with the mountains and mountains of evidence and reputation of being successful is too much for one of the best defenses in the league. So even with that, you can't manage it. You can't slow him down. He's always a step ahead of you. I was watching Mahomes on the sideline like while the, while the 49ers were, were marching down in overtime or even during the, the uh, regulation before they got the ball back to put it into overtime. I was like, he just his pulse is just chill. He's not affected. He doesn't care. He's not like, you know, freaking out at all. Everything slows down for him. He's not afraid of the moment. And it's eerily similar. And this is this is kind of what I want what I wanted to bring up. And if I'm just jumping to this too soon, just let me know. Nah, go to it. Because um I was thinking about what it's like to be on the other end of this. Like because usually we're Patriots fans and we've been covering the team. We're always laughing at the other team, you know, for all the success like of the Patriots have. And it has nothing to do with how good or bad those teams are. It's just bad timing. It's bad luck. Anyone playing against the Chiefs, any young quarterback trying to make a name for himself, the Chiefs are always going to be there. And it reminded me of an old, old clip from Pat Riley uh, when he was doing an interview when he was coaching the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And when he went to when he left L.A. and he went to take over the Knicks, he created a really good team. He had great players. He had Hall of Fame players. But the one thing that he talked about was the unfortunate luck of being good during the era of Michael Jordan while he was good. So I want to play it because I think it kind of puts things into perspective and also kind of sheds some light for all teams, not just the AFC, of what you're looking at moving forward. I have great respect, great respect for Michael Jordan. Our whole approach against the Chicago Bulls is to let our team know that the worst thing that can happen in their careers is that you were born the same time that he was born and that you might have to play against him for 10 years and can never beat him. See, I know what it was like now for nobody. I mean, some of the players who were great players in the Western Conference that could never beat Magic or Kareem, and we, were, we dominated for... A long time. So no matter how good, you would never know the thrill of ultimate you victory. You can't beat him. So mm-hmm. we have to beat Michael Jordan. Before Patrick Ewing is ever going to win a championship, he's got to learn how to beat Michael Jordan. And just your thoughts on that, because I think that rings true in, on so many different layers. So if you're, if you're Joe Burrow, if you're Lamar Jackson, 
if you're Tua Tagovailoa, if you're Justin Herbert. Now, those are just AFC teams. Imagine if you're an NFC team and you unfortunately have to meet him in the Super Bowl. Like, th- this is what you're dealing with, and, I, and this is a real thing. So no matter how good of a team you put together, no matter uh, how many MVPs you have, you're still going to have to get by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Because I say Patrick Mahomes first because he allows that team to do so many different things from a financial standpoint, from a roster-building standpoint, from a play decision, from a circumstance issue. Like, hey, you're never, ever, ever out of it. So it's a belief system that none of these teams have the same way with the Patriots. And you can bring wide receivers in. You can, you can let go of Tyreek Hill. You can actually let McCall uh, Hardman leave and then bring him back. And then he ends up making one of the biggest plays in the Super Bowl. So I just feel like there's, a, there's, a, there's just you know a realization when I, when I remember that quote from Pat Riley dealing with Patrick Ewing and the Chicago Bulls. It's not that you're not good. You just have the unfortunate luck of being born at the same time as Michael Jordan, and you have the unfortunate luck of being born at the same time as Patrick Mahomes. And do you think there were a bunch of general managers in the NBA at that time who sat there and said, well, if I don't find my Michael Jordan, then ah, I guess I'm screwed? Or did teams try to build differently to be able to beat those guys, realizing that, while there are lots of great players in the NBA, there's only one Michael Jordan. There's only one Larry Bird. There's only one Magic Johnson. Those guys stand out above the rest. That's where I think we are with Brady and Mahomes and why it is at times, or for a lot of teams, a futile exercise to do the, well, this guy could be our so-and-so, and then we'll kind of build from there. Like, in all seriousness, Christian, the only thing the 49ers need is a quarterback to play really well on one day. And I wouldn't put uh, the, the 49ers loss on Brock Purdy. If I were to, Me neither. Hard and I did a top three yesterday. Purdy was down on the list. But it goes to show that you can either chase a Yeti or you can build a football team to try to beat those teams that have the Yeti, the unicorn, the guy that only comes along once in a while. But I just think it, it's become – it would be as trite as saying, well, we just got to get a Michael Jordan. Well, we just got to go get a Tom Brady. Ah, we just got to go get a Patrick Mahomes. That doesn't work, brother. And well, that's no, why right. I think – that's why we have to think of every way to build a football team here in New England. So, no, I mean – you know the chase and the yeti thing is a great line because it's almost like it, it it's it's just a wild goose chase it, it doesn't exist and you're just chasing your tail but the 49ers were set up to beat Kansas right. City okay you think about what went wrong with them you think about the, the the like how often they opened the door they kept the door just open enough that with enough time and with a slight enough lead where Patrick Mahomes had no problems. I kept looking at the clock going, that's nothing. I was like, okay, you can't get a third down in the fourth quarter, so you have to kick. And and that's how big that third down was. And then certain ways that they were playing defense when Kansas City was coming back in the fourth quarter, they have them at second and 14, and they play off coverage. They put all their defensive backs like 15 yards back. They throw it real quick. They get seven yards. It's third and six. I just – like. This is what happens 
to defenses when they play guys like Brady and, and Mahomes, and he knows it. You blitz him, he makes you pay. You play off, he makes you pay. They were saying it during the telecast. That's at least Roma was. He's just too smart. He's just, he, he has seen all the answers to the test. None of this surprises him. And he has a coach that is so in tune with him, and he has players that where they're sharing the same brain. It looked so much like I've seen these end-of-game situations for the Kansas Chiefs in so many situations. They play off. Travis Kelsey realizes that it's off coverage. He doesn't even run a route. He just turns around. They throw the ball. You get six yards. I don't need a home run right now. He gets six yards. Now it's manageable. Now it's fourth and one. Now you're all tied up in your head. You don't know what's going to happen because it's Patrick Mahomes and you're freaking out. He runs for 12 yards. It's just the same old – it's literally the same thing over and over again. And that is why this dude, will he break Brady's records? Probably not. Probably not. But he will go down probably as number two. Yeah, I think he's challenging Montana right now. That that really is the the fair discussion I think to have is that's right what now, it was with Brady. Yeah, well, it was Montana. It, no, that that's really what it uh, that's really what it should be for Mahomes. Look, the reason San Francisco in part lost the game were turnovers, a bad break on special teams, and their coach is a dunderhead. I mean, again, uh, and you know, I, I feel like. I feel like when we talk about some of these coaches now, it's a little bit like talking about the good quarterbacks, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is up here, we know. And then there's Lamar and others, and you keep going down. It's kind of the same thing on the coaching end, right? Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, these are guys that are up here. Shanahan's really good, but people do the no-pants dance because he's an offensive-minded coach, and yet there have been multiple instances whether as an offensive coordinator or if you go back to an NFC title game, that this guy's blown double-digit leads. Uh, but, again, he's an offensive guy. Everybody wants to hire his people and all that kind of stuff. He's not even a complete head coach yet. And making really young mistakes that a guy who's been standing on the sideline for 30 years, if you count his years as a ball boy, really, truly shouldn't be making. And it's all a formula. It really is. There are only one or two guys in this league who have the ability to put on the cape and cover up coaching problems, defensive problems. There are not many who can do it at the highest level. You do it in the regular season against Carolina, great for those other guys that are in the really good. The great ones do it at the Super Bowl. Maybe minus Nick Foles, who had a moment of Yeah, and every now and then you have an Eli Manning and Nick Foles. You're 100% right, and they play – they just they don't get caught up in who's on the other side. I do think Patrick Mahomes, his reputation, his success rate turns defensive coordinators into pretzels. Even like, you know, during the game, Shanahan has to call a timeout because he doesn't like the call that his DC is calling. He's like, No, no, don't do it again. Stop it. He's gonna kill us. And sure enough, he gets away with it anyways. So, so I wanna so I wanna ask you something coming up tied into a nugget with the 49ers and their their inability to win the big one, Christian. But also, if you're the New England Patriots in building a team. Because I do think there was, in the Super Bowl, a referendum on team building. Let's get to that next. Gresham Fourier on WEEI. Watch us. Love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. 
Good morning to you Twitchers out there watching us at twitch.tv slash Boston W-E-E-I. You can also get us on YouTube. Just go to the YouTube and type in W-E-E-I. Click on the live stream. There you go. You got one guy sitting in a corner of his house. Looks like he could be in a hotel somewhere and another one in the rubber room at the Puzzle Factory. I mean, you can't get a better visual today on Twitch, as I know a lot of people are fighting it at home. And I can see the uh, Twitch cam over the uh, pike, and there ain't snow piling up on the pike the way there is down here in Seekonk, Mass. I can tell you that much, Foyer. I'll have to give a uh, updated photo out the... Um, uh, I can't like turn everything around and just point it right out the window, but um, yeah, I think yeah. we're up to about I, three and a half inches down here right now. It's coming down pretty good. Yeah, I like the deal. I like the uh, the old uh, the old Bill Belichick take on uh, weathermen. That's what I like because uh, you know uh, that's why I don't get caught up in the. It's a thunderstorm. Oh, that's going. You're all going to die. Stay inside. Cancel school for the next two days. It's like in my experience of going with the forecasts in this area two days before the game. I mean, I'd bet a lot that they're wrong, just based on history, because they're they're almost always wrong. If I did my job the way they do theirs. I mean, I'd be here about a week. <laughs> I mean, that is that is something that is it, cold blooded, be, isn't it? To be fair, it is I'd science. Lose my job if I was you know, if I had the success rate as that. Yeah, no. Here's what I always here's what I always find funny about a ripping weathermen. If yeah. it's so easy, then why doesn't everyone just do it? What I mean, it's like, what do you mean? Why doesn't everyone do it? Because you literally if, if, have if to. it's if it's no, but if it's so easy to be able to predict the weather, then how come there aren't more people that are doing it better than the meteorologist who the guy on uh, the the guy that I watched down here, he like said, he's like, listen, I'm having a hard time figuring this out because of the temperatures. And here's why. Like he actually educate educated me watching last night on why this forecast was so difficult versus Chris Curtis and others who just point out that these guys have trouble getting it right all the time, yet I haven't found anybody that's gotten it right all the time. And if it's so easy, then, you know, how come Joe, who works for Flow, isn't out there saying, hey, here's what's really going to happen today? Yeah, and I do I think there's I guess I'm a defending weathermen. I do think there's a correlation between porn stars and how they pick their their stage names and weathermen and how they pick their, their, Come their names. Come on. I think there's a, there's a weird... My man Tony Petraca did not look into the <laughs> nudes of uh, the 80s to get his name. No, I just... You don't think, like, some weathermen try to make a spin on their names just like porn stars do with their names. Like, All right. Um, I, I will Dallas say this. Dallas Reigns is a real weatherman's name right and so is daniel breezy married to our guy joe breezy <laughs> who used to work in our building is down like in nashville if i was name. a weatherman i'd come up with a kooky name that kind of relates to the to the weather in some weird way oh really i don't I know what like it would be to, yet. i don't know i what uh boys what it. could yeah what kind of name could actually that's for the twitch chat twitch.tv slash boston weei you can text us at three seven ninety three seven so go into your, what would it be, meteorological, pornographic thought process. That's weird. Uh, talk about bringing the thunder. Of, yeah, there uh, you all go. Right, give, give, give Fourier his, uh, his so, uh, pornographic meteor, <laughs> uh, meteorologist name. So if the whole the old trick of like, okay, if you want to figure out what your porn name would be, you take like your middle name and your street name or something like that, right? Isn't that kind of, isn't that like the thing? You kind take of. your middle name. It's a lazy street, way of doing it. 
Well, no, that's what I... That's it, what, it was also that, uh, phishing attempts to get your security question answers, and that's how all those circulated. That uh, There's a lot of that, yeah. That's why they tell you don't use like your middle name or it's like, Why would it ask my address. first pet's name? Because it's a popular security question. Bingo, hmm. yeah. And how many people named their first you know, pet... And uh, in in it was like a regular name, yeah. It's Rover, Rex, Spot, whatever. <laughs> Fudge. So they so they get into that. All right. Um, the whole building of football teams, Fourier. There are those who say, "Go get them a Mahomes and build the rest." Then there are those who say, "Well, how about you build a football team, and if you get the right quarterback or you get the right pieces, then you're going to be." okay as the 49ers have proven was this super bowl a referendum on building rosters well i think it, i think what the what you need to do and you tell me how what you think about this is i think you need to go in with the understanding that you're not if you go in searching for mahomes searching for brady you it'll never happen a couple of these things like no one knew i know the you know the chiefs moved up to get Mahomes and the Patriots basically lucked into Brady, but the odds are that you're never gonna like you know equal that talent. Like it's just it's that strike lightning striking twice is just not gonna happen. So I think you'll I think you'll make the wrong decision if you're trying to be trying to clone Patrick Mahomes. Square, like, square peg round hole. Yeah. Oh, look, Jaden Daniels has some of the same qualities. I when he was born, different parents, different college life, different high school, different everything, different genes. You know, Patrick. Uh, you know, Tom Brady. Stop it, Joe Montana. Stop it, like Brett Favre. Good luck. Like I just feel like you get the best player that you can find for you. I think that makes that's just common sense. I think like even when you're trying to find an offensive tackle or a running back or a linebacker, you have a certain type you have yep. in in mind, and if you're trying to you know, clone Ray Lewis, you're going to pick wrong. They're just, they just, they don't exist. They develop into that. So, uh, uh, yeah, Mr. Telectric in the Twitch chat can't build a team around assumptions. That's, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, yeah, but oh, you also have to have I, the, the courage of your convictions too, right? I mean, I, you got to walk a fine line. I, I think what it is is that it can't just be, well, I got a quarterback, a wide receiver, a running back, and a tight end. I'm all set. There's way more to team building than that. And I do think people in the league, uh, like Elliot Wolf and others, do understand that. We will talk about all this stuff with Tom Curran at noon today. But up next, there is the reports about Mac Jones. I think most of us assume he's going to be gone. Or does he need to go? Fourier and I will get into that next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. This great tune. Ain't nobody going down the road now in a Range Rover. At least not around my house. I can tell you that as we get into hour two of Gresh and Fourier. Split Squad Edition. Uh, good. Uh, I, I've, I've seen the, uh, the pike on Twitch and... Uh, What's outside my window and what I can see uh, outside yours, Fourier, and the snow coming down is uh, not exactly ripping through the pike right now. Looks more like wet and sleety. I know there were like some, uh, there were parts of of this storm that were going to have some rain in it. It looks like it's more flaky up there right now on our uh, on our top of the tower camera, run by Mark Mingles. He's up there holding it right now, everybody. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, I, I did the, uh, I did the, uh, the update a couple hours ago. There's my backyard, uh, there on Twitch for those who are, uh, watching and, uh, you could see that, uh, it's windy down my way. So the wind is kind of blowing towards like that bigger part of my yard and out front, you could see some, uh, uh, you can see some like tire tracks or whatever, but, uh, yeah, there you go. There's the, there's out, uh, right near the, um, Right near the uh, studio window. Now, I don't want any windows in this studio, but that's right near there, just in case someone needs to escape or something like that. And yeah, it's uh, coming down out there. So wherever you are, I know in the Twitch chat, some people said that it's not sticking in Western Mass. People in Rhode Island, uh, I, I hell, I got up at uh, eight o'clock this morning, and there was already like three, three and a half inches up in like Johnston, Rhode Island, and Northern Rhode Island. So really, what about Seacon, Rhode usual, Island? Uh, that's what we just showed the live photos. Okay. If you were following along, yeah, I can't. I don't have Twitch up right now. I have two. Oh, things going on. okay. And I'm still kind of drug induced. I'm still dealing with the uh, the. What are you? What of, are you on? What do you? You got something good? <laughs> all I know is that the new way of doing surgery now is that they don't want you taking like opioids. They don't want you taking the Vicodins and the uh, uh, Percocets and stuff like that. So they, they understandable, but no fun. They, yeah, yeah, no, I know. So there's all these new methods of dealing with like pain management. So they n- literally gave me a nerve block. So the whole bottom half of my leg is completely numb. Can't feel a thing. Like you could literally stab me with something. I wouldn't even feel. still. Still, it's dude. It's it's, it's so. Un- I'd rather have the meds. Quite frankly, I'd rather have the meds. Like even even this morning, I was still kind of like feeling goofy, you know, per usual. Uh, but I, <laughs> it's just it's just it, what are you gonna do? 
What are you going to do? How, I had all these crazy are... dreams, too. Crazy dreams and crazy thoughts. And like, <laughs> I was, like, going nuts. <laughs> Evidence by the show sheet. You were definitely Yeah, I know. I was busy. Yesterday. I was busy yesterday. <laughs> you were all over the place. It was fantastic. Well, uh, will Mac Jones be a quarterback for you that by the time it's all said and done will be all over the place? Let's go back to the day before the Super Bowl on NFL Network. And it was kind of their trio of insiders, including Rap Sheet, but also Tom Pelissero, who I kind of think was stating a little bit of the obvious here in talking about the Patriots and Mac Jones. Meanwhile, the Patriots sit at number three, and all indications are they also will seriously consider taking a quarterback there. In fact, one of the big questions when they were interviewing offensive coordinator candidates was, what is your evaluation of those top quarterbacks? They end up hiring Alex Van Pelt, who's going to play a major role in developing whoever that young quarterback potentially could be. The question is, will the guy the Patriots want actually slide to him? If Caleb Williams goes one, and one of the two quarterbacks goes to number two, Patriots could stand in, take a third quarterback at number three, or they could be the team that potentially trades out. Right. Either way, Mac Jones, who lost the starting job this season, was devoted all the way to third string in Bill Belichick's final game, a likely trade candidate. Um, so is the question, are they going to keep him? Or, I mean, because I'll, I'll start with that. The answer is no. The answer is absolutely not. They are not... I, I, he is, it's more of, um, they just can't keep him on the team. He represents Why? too much that, first of all, I think he's, let somebody else try to fix him. I'll start with that. Let somebody else try to fix him. Um, do I think he has some sort of value? Yeah, before another team. And I think the thing, and I feel like he wants to stay, which is stupid in my book, because he'd have a much better option going on another team, blaming the Patriots for everything, Looking at his rookie year, saying, "Look what I did, and look what they turned me into." I explain, trying to explain the circumstances, giving himself like you know, get out of jail free card. Here, all the defensive coaches kind of know what he's like, and I think it's it. I think it's less about his. This is me personally. I think it's less about his playing ability. I think it more. It has more to do with his ability to lead. I don't think anyone's following him. I think we were being gaslit from the moment he walked in the door. I don't think he has a swag about him. I don't think he interacts well with the guys that matter. I don't. I think that's the biggest issue with him. Forget but about his, his skill. But if, but if you're doing everything different, how can you not? Or I mean, why not look at him differently? If if different, well, you tell me. If, if different is the big word down there, like if you here's the thing, because I wonder if Alex Van Pelt looks at it and says, "Hey guys." I've been around the league a lot. I get it that the guy is broken and a lot of stuff happened. But there are also not a lot of guys walking around who have led a team to the playoffs. I mean, if you look at even just the group of, say, that, that this group that came in the draft with Mac, right? You're, you're, you're not selling Trey Lance. You're not selling Zach Wilson. Uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder with Justin Fields, but there hasn't been the results there. There are very few, if any, after that in that draft that if they were in free agency, you would say, eh, I got to go out there and get that guy. So I wonder if there is a little bit of Alex Van Pelt who just says, hey, guys, we have a little bit of time here. Give me a chance to evaluate this kid because look at what the Cleveland Browns had to go through to get a quarterback last year 
just to be able to get them to the playoffs in terms of the level of experience. And I get it that you have to act in the reality of now. But I wonder if somebody like Alex Van Pelt, who, again, has been around quarterbacks in the NFL for 30 years, at least says to them, let me sink my teeth into him just to see if there's anything there because there are not a lot of playoff quarterbacks walking around. And depending on which way this goes, Christian, you're still going to need a veteran in that room. I just don't think he can I don't think he can get over this and I'm curious and I think I would want to hear from the people who were like on Mac Island the ones like you and I we were on Mac Island and I was like giving him the benefit of the doubt I was excited that Bill O'Brien was here 617-779-7937 I don't think they exist anymore I I I think I stay you were the last person on Mac Island as the water finally engulfed the island you were like oh, on listen, the palm tree Oh listen when when he goes elsewhere and plays well, there will be people who will uh, be waving at me on the island while I'm sitting there drinking a frozen margarita in a nice Adirondack chair. See, I don't think that With he can be like successful on another team. Now, I I just feel like he got to the point of I'm sick of your face. That I, you know what I'm just I can't look at your face anymore. Like when he showed up at. Um, um, uh, Gerard Mayo's press conference. What were we all saying? What's he doing here? What's he? Why is he here? And he's not even hanging out with the players. He was with some of the media guys at Kraft Sports. Like he wasn't even interacting with those guys, the defensive players. I think the word is out. I think they know what he's made of. And I would say he is not. He just doesn't have the right makeup as far as like what a leader should be, how they should act, what he should say. He may have had it and you know for a short period of time but I think the reality is is that the true Mac Jones came up the bitchy whiny entitled like it just robotic Mac Jones I rather him be a total jerk I rather him go swing the other way I rather him swing heel and just be a complete arrogant jerk I would cuz that to me seems like where he's leans towards more anyway that feels like more of a natural position for him as opposed to the you know, saying everything right. I just don't I don't feel like it's authentic, I guess is my point, Gresh. And if I don't feel like you're authentic, if I don't feel like I'm getting the real you, no freaking way in the world I'm following you. I'm not trusting you. I may fake it because I have to, but you're not the guy that I'm choosing. All right, so if they are going to move on from Mac, then I do think there are a couple of things that must happen, must happen. Number one is moving him as soon as you can. As okay. soon as the as soon as the league year flips, you've got to put him out there so that teams like say the forty. I'm I'm trying to think Christian of teams who would be in the market for a take a chance on a first round pick type guy. Everybody oh, goes. There's to a San lot Fran- out there. Well, but everybody goes to San Francisco because Seattle. of Darnold. And, uh, Seattle could be interesting. Now here's the thing. And the reason I want him, the reason I want the Patriots to, because there there is the thought of let Alex Van Pelt sink his teeth into him a little bit and give you a quick evaluation. But if you've already decided, or if the organization is like, look, we gotta move on for the betterment of us and the player, then okay, what has to happen? I need it to happen fast. Because if somebody is only going to give you a mid-round pick or a day three pick for Mac, number one, push it into 2026. 
Like, don't don't take or, or twenty twenty five. Don't take currency in this year's draft. Get currency in next Why? year's draft for the guy because you can always get because you can always get more a year later. Okay, and and start to stockpile some currency in future drafts. Again, okay. it isn't much, but a fifth having a fifth round pick in twenty twenty five after you draft this year might give you the ability to flip a pick for a veteran who might be on their last legs but might fill a need that you could have next year, something along those lines, sort of a take-a-flyer type pick. But it, it, Because you want these teams to be able to say, all right, I, I, I got my guy that I'm going to bring in. I got my other backup guy that I'm going to take a chance on behind whomever the starter is or whatever the thought process would be for the team. And if you are going to get rid of Mac, then it is a must, a must. And I don't care if it's a caddy. I even even if it's somebody on the Christian Fourier final year in Carolina plan, right? You must sign a veteran, and it's got to be somebody who can at least grab our attention, but more importantly, grab the attention of the people in that room as well. Alex Van Pelt will only be able to do so much. But you and others have taught me this. The role of the backup quarterback is to listen to the starter bitch about everything and keep him in perspective. And and, that, and, and you're going to have to invest a little bit in that. Sorry. But more importantly, non-threatening. Very key. Non-threatening. I can buy that. Pla- non-threatening, older player. Uh, listen, I'll Even, play if I have to, and I'll own it. But There listen, you go. It's kind of – I know where I'm – I know why I'm here. Like, that is – because that younger quarterback is going to want to, you know, confide in you and rely on you, and he's got to trust that you know you have his best interests and you're not competing against. That's why the whole Mac Jones Bailey Zappi thing, you know, I felt like they were frenemies. You know, I've been in I've been in situations like that. Like I'm forced to be in a in a, in a meeting room with a guy that one I don't even like, two I don't respect his game, uh, but yet you know we have to rely on each other. So I would literally hold information back. I like I'm not telling this guy anything. But by the time like Dan Graham and Ben Watson came along, I was openly sharing as much information and knowledge as I could. Like, couldn't uh, perfect situation for them because I was sincere in everything that I told them. I was excited for their success, and I was bummed when they were when they did poorly. You know, um, that to me is the is the group that you want to build. That's like a real camaraderie type of situation. Uh, but that's hard to do. That's hard, and that's why I think. If you asked, so when Alex Van Pelt, new offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots, showed up and had a meeting, and they didn't let him leave the building, right? Do you think that Mayo said, "Listen, um, you can take a look at this guy if you want, but we pretty much already made up our mind that he's gone. Like we just, we just, we know him, we've seen him. Go ahead and watch the film. If you could convince me that you think you can fix him, not only his play, but almost." His per his persona, his being Mac Jones, then we'll discuss it. But right now we have him on the trade block. Well, it, 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 Alex Van Pelt would also be the first guy who would have worked with Mac Jones, who would have played in the league as a quarterback. Because if you think about McDaniel's, and then you went to Fat Patricia, and then you went to Billy O, but he never has had that guy who has sort of been able to kind of hold his hand a little bit. And that's why I at least bring up the Van Pelt possibility. Well, what would because, you do? What well, would because, you do? Would no, you because, keep him? 
uh, I would string it out a little bit until I really sort of understood what my plan was going to be. Because here's the thing. Say you keep say you draft a guy at number three, but you keep Mac, knowing that the kid behind the scenes that you draft needs a little nurturing. You say put someone in non-threatening. Well, everybody hates Mac. Nobody thinks he can play. Isn't that a non-threatening veteran that at mm. least buys you time on the field until you get this young quarterback up to speed? And if Van Pelt says, whoa, 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 listen, let uh, give me a second here to at least evaluate the guy, I would at least string it along a little bit until I knew, okay, I can get a reasonable deal done with said veteran in free agency to bring in to be that guy. Otherwise... He's here for one more year, and then you let him go. He's your non-threatening yeah. veteran. My, or are you my, worried? Or are you worried that he's going to play well, and then you're stuck with him? Well, if he plays well, it's I'm still over him. He just increases in value because I okay. There I you think, go. I think in, and I just think internally, I think they're done with him. If you decide that that you don't want him or you can't keep him, that is that that's a whole different scenario, no question. Uh, Tom Kern will join us at noon. And then there is something from an article on ESPN relative to the draft about moving around the board a little bit that kind of ties into this whole discussion. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Gresham Fourier on WEEI. And parlay coming up in... Over 20 minutes from now. Not a good night last night. Billy leading the way on a Spurs upset. If not, we would have worn that golden sombrero. Snowing all over the place. Tom Kern will be with us at noon to talk everything. Patriots planning, moving forward. Uh, Foray and I got to get into the coaching staff a little bit. We know the Celtics are going to play uh, tonight as well. They will take on the New Jersey, I want to call them the New Jersey Nets, the Brooklyn Nets uh, <laughs> at home in what will be the final home game before the uh, the NBA All-Star break. Thank God. Um, Let's get to it already. Uh, what, the NBA All-Star break? You yeah, excited just, for, just, you're, you're excited for All-Star weekend? You got the no, Daytona 500 for, on Sunday. God I mean, it's not it. the middle of the season. I just let's get to the. I just want to get to the postseason already. What for the NBA? Yeah, let's go. Let's get to the wow, postseason. Wow, you're really you're you're just you're just ready to. You know, one of the things just quickly since we got on the Celtics here, uh, one of the things to watch in the second half is how much resting will happen versus uh, kind of how does Joe Missoula sort of manage these guys the rest of the way to be able to get them to the postseason. You know what else? Like off that though, if I may. Uh, the whole uh, how important is the number one seed? I mean, based on how much you're going to rest them based on how important you think the number one seed is, right? I mean, because... You know it's important, too? Wick Grossback. That's who why? it's important, too. Oh, oh, a lot of home games. Oh, yeah. Home yeah. games equal revenue, and when you're yeah. spending to the second apron, yeah. 
You know what? That's one of those, hey, listen, if I'm somebody behind closed doors with the Celtics, that's something I'm saying to a superstar. Hey, listen, you guys are thinking about, you know, number one seed doesn't matter, whatever. Here's why the number one seed matters. Because the owner has invested in us. The owner's invested in us. So, and I'm not as familiar with the chop in the NBA when it comes to playoff games like I am in the NFL where there is a real financial benefit of those playoff home games i'm assuming and i'm sure there is in the nba but that's something i think you can reasonably in an era where the athletes know the business and then they're worried about their own business that's not a bad thing to say to a team hey listen we want to take care of our owner who invested in us go out and get that damn number one seed not only is it going to take care of us and it's less travel but it's going to continue to get us the resources we need around here to be good there's nothing yeah, wrong in saying that. As my thing is like that, you mentioned that the travel, just not having to get on planes. It's just you. You know that you have more opportunities to. I don't know, just be at home. That's that's. I mean, you can flip it in your mind. It's really not a big deal. But in the end, you're like, man, this, wouldn't this is great to have most of our games at home? It's just easy. That's all. Convenient. How about that? Convenient. Yeah, I think there's. Uh, I think there are lots of reasons for the uh, the Celtics to uh, go get that uh, number one seed. Uh, I want to run something by you that was in a uh, a, a dra- an ESPN Insider Draft article over the weekend, right? Okay. And uh, Jeremy Fowler and a couple of others uh, were in on this piece, and and here's what they wrote: The Patriots also need a quarterback. But there are people around the league who believe they're open to trading the number three selection, moving back in the draft, and addressing the quarterback position in free agency. If the Patriots do trade that pick, which could be Daniels or Drake May, the two teams I keep an eye on are the Falcons moving up from eight and the Vikings moving from the 11 spot, assuming they don't bring back Cousins. Minnesota knows it eventually has to address the quarterback position long-term, and with the notion of bringing in Daniels to pair their star LSU alum wideout Justin Jefferson has appeal to some in the organization. Uh, Let's just start with the uh, initial thoughts on that whole concept. To get Kirk Cousins, you're a dope. No, 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 you're missing the point on it. It would be... A hall of draft picks. The Patriots can go sign Kirk Cousins if they want to. Hell, Fourier, I rolled this out to Andy Hart yesterday. If it's Collaboration Nation down there and we're knocking down the silos and everybody's come by on all that stuff, and boy, but I'll tell you, we're doing things different now. By God, how different would a what a sign it would be to say, oh, Kirk Cousins wants $90 million guaranteed to come here? Fine, Kirk, we'll buy you out of free agency. Come on. Come on to New England where it's a new era here. We'll guarantee you a butt ton of money for two years to try to turn around the franchise. And then, Christian, you can then take that number three pick, do with it what you want. You can either uh, uh, you can either grab Marvin Harrison Jr., or then you can trade with the team whose quarterback you just bought out of free agency, get a load of picks from them, knowing they're going to go with a young quarterback, and maybe it works out for you in the end. See what I've seen a lot of these, a lot of the um, perennial, like like you know, historically bad teams, and uh, when they decide to go all in on an overhaul, they do. They all have one thing in common: 
they generate as much draft capital as possible. And in order for them to do that, they take a um, like a big time star, young, um, productive, lots of value, uh, and they trade that person to acquire picks, or they trade back and they just keep acquiring picks. The uh, the Dolphins did it, the Browns did it, uh, the Houston uh, Texans did it. Um, the Eagles uh, moved around the board. So they they this they and and then they hit on their picks. Houston has hit on their picks. The Dolphins acquired so much draft capital, they were able to do so many different things, and then also spend money because they were trading these big time picks. Um, Chicago, it seems like Chicago is trying to do that, and they may have an opportunity again to acquire more draft capital by getting rid of Justin Fields and basically starting over. So I I don't know if for the Patriots, I don't see them doing that. I don't see them pulling out of that, trading that number three pick, unless they go, they're full on Danny Age, training out of the first pick in the draft and then hitting on like a Jalen Brown and a Jason Tatum. The odds of that, I think, are so slim. I just think it's slim. And and as far as a free agent older quarterback that can come in right away and start right away. There's Kirk Cousins, two. Huh? There are two. Who are they? Kirk Cousins? And Tannehill. Oof. Those are your vested veteran free agent quarterbacks unless you want to get into the boat of Jacoby Brissett, Mitchell Trubisky, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. At you don't all. feel you there's not a chance in hell you feel good about any of those picks. Uh for I'd bring me, Tannehill in as an older vet, as a backup, for, I'd bring him in. Look, for me, and I've said this even when Belichick was still the coach. If you're really going to make a change, you got to go in and guy and get a guy like Cousins, who you know can come in and play right away. I think if you're, it's one road or the other, and I don't think you're middling it with someone like a say a Jacoby Brissett, uh, unless it is that is a part of your number three pick plan. Because I do think that there are plenty of guys worthy of being drafted number three. I do think Gerard Mayo has led us to the they're going quarterback at number three, and there has to be more of a plan than just we're going to take this young guy. You have to figure out how you're going to manage the team this year. Do you want to throw the kid in right away? My suggestion would be no. Maybe let him sit a little bit. So then you're probably more in the Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, which is why I brought up earlier, Christian. Let that's why I brought up earlier. Let Alex Van Pelt get under the hood of Mac Jones a little bit. Because these are the unless you're spending forty million a year guaranteed or swallowing the syrup that is Ryan Tannehill, or you're gonna take another pick and make a trade and go get like a Russell Wilson or someone like that. This is the kind of neighborhood you're looking at in the free agent market, and you have one of those guys on your roster right now in Mac Jones who would just fill in as another name on that list that I just read. Oh, man. I guess it turns into the lesser of the two evils, really. You know? And, and you know, and since Mac Jones is such uh, on a, like, a affordable contract, because all those other guys are going to cost money. Ryan Tannehill is going to cost money if you want him. Yeah, uh, right. You, is, would you rather trade a fifth round pick for two point five million of Mac Jones, or go spend double the money on Mariota? Like, I know. Th- listen, those are the I get choices. it. There's, and part of it is 
Hey, um, here are your orders. Yeah, but I don't agree. Well, this is the best way. I just feel like the Mac Jones thing is, man, it's not an option. It's not an option. So everything they do, I think, is going to be based off them not wanting to keep him because they can't keep him. They know what it's like. So by some miracle, he decides everything changes for him. Maybe, maybe there's an in. But the farther, and that's why I think when you when we first heard from Gerard Mayo, that's why I didn't, I didn't think it, it it was a big deal that he went out and said, "Hey, we're going to take the best available player at the most important uh-huh. position." I didn't buy that. Who? It's all changing. He said that so early, before the playoffs really even started, that his everything was going to change. He didn't have an offensive staff. He didn't have a coordinator. He didn't name a defensive coordinator. He was still trying to figure things out, trying to figure out what his roster was going to be like. You didn't know who was really in charge. Was it Matt Groh? Was it Elliot Wolf? Now we kind of have a better idea who's really pulling the strings. Um, they don't know. Like last week, it was hell. They can go grab a tackle. Like that's what they need to do. Like they- no, Christian. What they're trying to do is fix Mayo's mistake. And I said this from the very beginning. Well, that's my point. It didn't matter. He let the cat out of the bag about quarterback, and that's that's the way they they want to go. No, but that's not what they all do. What is they all lie? Is my point? What is what is Chicago? Tell me where Chicago's lied. Right, Uh, like to this. It's lying season. Yeah, but uh, but no, you you don't lead people down there again if you're Mayo, unless you're serious about it. And so here's the thing. So Mayo has set himself up. Tori, even when we talked about it with current leading us to the lake that is the uh, full of quarterbacks to drink the water out of, right? So you don't go there at number three. You don't sign Kirk Cousins. That's what you're going to hang your hat on? Hey, everybody, I was really lying to you. Now, listen, I'm not all in and, hey, let's just jam the quarterback in the number three pick there or whatever, and maybe there is some later-round guy that is not going to excite us that will be like Desmond Ritter that we'll all try to talk ourselves into. But to me, that the, the, they're, they're now trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube, and now teams are like, you guys have already kind of tipped your hand. We'll see what kind of negotiators you are. I don't think people are going to fall for it. They're going to be thinking the whole time that the Patriots are going number three at quarterback. And, Christian, you know when we'll know? Probably about two weeks into free agency, if or when, in my opinion, they don't sign anybody worth a damn. Then they're telling us, oh, boy, this is where we're going at number three, and uh, maybe don't dare uh, calling on the pick. You either have to sign a guy to keep up the ruse, or if you don't, You've already pantsed yourself in terms of the value of the pick. I just feel like it's like an innocuous comment that no, you can read into if you want. You can say he's green. While well, I probably regret saying it, he has no track record. No one knows exactly what he's going to do. Nobody knows what his philosophy is. He doesn't know what his. Nobody knows what his gamesmanship is. How he's going to work it. Who's going to be really in charge? Elliot Wolf and Matt Grohl could easily say. That dude ain't in charge. Like he was all happy about the fact that he was a head coach. He's not in charge of picking the players. I am. So read into it, it's always. It's, you know I just why? Feel like, why he has the ear of thunder. Oh yeah, thunder tells them what to do. Well, here's the other thing too. What does John the Craft want? It's been reported he wants a quarterback. And I right think they now, all do. I think they right, all want uh, another oh, bite oh, at the I, apple. No, I, I, I agree. I, no, 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 no. Not another bite at the apple. Their bite at the apple. That's very important to differentiate. This is what will be for some people 
the giddiness of, ooh, new quarterback in, da-da-da, this could be our guy, blah, blah, blah. And then in a couple of years, maybe you end up having reality set in, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess they had to do it, and here comes the new group that's going to come in, and then they're going to get their bite at the apple. I think it's, and again, that's why I think our team-building discussions are important, because could the Patriots just say, no, we're not going to go a quarterback at three. We'll take the best player in Marvin Harrison. We'll get our tackle with the uh, second-round pick. We'll make certain choices in free agency and then put in an underwhelming veteran quarterback as a placeholder. Or do you sell the high-flying new guy who might make mistakes, but, hey, maybe there's a high ceiling. This is this is their crossroads, Wolf and Jonathan Kraft and Robin Glazer and, and, and Gerard Mayo. I love how – I do think it's just so funny, like – the, the high-level decision-makings are including Robin Glazier, who is a fabulous person, nice woman. But suddenly, like, she's part of this holy trinity of decision-makers that, you know, that set the tempo and the, and the tenor of the team. It's just, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. Does I think Jonathan Kraft, will he roll in and bang his uh, fist on the desk and say, take Jane Daniels? No, take Drake May. Yeah, but hey, uh, Mr. Owner sir, person, uh, guy, we've already kind of done all the research and we've all internally agreed that this is our guy. Doesn't matter. This is the guy that I want. I don't think any of those guys are doing that. I think the Crafts stay out of the way. They want to they be informed, which they weren't before. They want someone to call them up and say, hey, listen, we're thinking about doing this. Yeah, thank you for the, for the update. But okay, they are but not why? physically going to go in down there and demand pl- things to be done. Why do they want to know? Because One, they own the business. Um, if they want to know, they should be told where I think the last guy didn't tell them anything. Actually hid things from them. Like circumvented them as much as possible when it came to injuries, when it came to draft picks, when it came to all this stuff. You can ask Tommy Curran. Like there are times that I don't think they even knew who they were going to draft in the first place. It's like they were like the last, the, that last to know. They knew after the pick was already made. I think part of the collaboration process is like, can you keep us involved? Can you kind of can we stay in the loop? We're not going to tell you what to do, but we want to be involved, and we're not going to say no, no, no. We're just going to say okay, awesome, thank you for telling us. That's what uh, I think. Yeah, I uh, I would love to take that at face value. I think I think yes, as the owners, it is their right to know. Just like I don't know, unless everybody was paralyzed in front of Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft could have leaned into him and said, "Hey, keep me in the loop. I sign your check." Except it was like, oh my God, there's Bill. He oh, did. Man. We he did. But, but well, then I've told you this before. Then that's, like, then that's on the owner. And again, the other reason why the owners want to know, right? A first refusal. Because here's the thing, Christian. Those guys, uh, those guys come up with their plan, and they go, or the owner just goes, or Jonathan says, yeah, I don't know if that works for me. What are you gonna do? You're Elliot Wolf. The first time you get the run stuff, you're Gerard Mayo. The dad hired you. You got the good relationship with him. What are you then going to turn around and do? I'm not saying that it's not the owner's right to know, but that also gives the owner a right of first refusal to right now a bunch of people who have zero power or balls to push. I don't think they do that. I don't think they. I personally don't think they do that. I don't think 
they Jerry Jones their way into things, which is just another word of shoehorning their way into the decision. They don't do the draft prep. They don't watch film. They don't evaluate talent. I think they look more on the, okay, is he, is he, does he stay out of trouble? Is he this? Is he that? Does he speak well? How is he going to represent our team? Are you sure about this? I think if they see a red flag from a personality standpoint, they would be like, no. That's where I think they jump in. If they feel like if their compliance department, maybe that's Glazier, maybe that's somebody else, says, listen, this guy's got a sketchy past. We're not really sure about it. Do you think it's worth it? Have you done your due diligence? Did you do a background check? This is what they do for these all these picks. They do it for all of them. And now, and if they came back with a clean, clean like little display, I think they'd say okay. But they are not going to run in there and say no. Take Jaden Daniels over. If the whole staff has decided to take Drake May, they are not going to come in there and say no. Veto power. Take Jaden Daniels. Oh, on a quarterback, I agree. But if it's the remaining quarterback and Marvin Harrison Jr., then we have a problem. I still don't think so. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between the two, Gresh? What you're still butting in. What does it matter? Like you, you're gonna for the well, very first think, draft, you're gonna butt in. Well, uh, well, I mean, good lord, it's collaboration nation. Why wouldn't I think it other? Why, why wouldn't I think that? Considering I think the biggest a, a message level. out of there has been collaborate and everybody communicate. Oh, what a problem! Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. The lunchtime parlay is next. Now, more Crash and Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. All right, here we go. Let's make some picks here on the Lunchtime Parlay. And the Lunchtime Parlay is proudly presented by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The official sportsbook at WEEI did not go well for any of us. Clippers had been hot. I go into the streak. They lose by 20. Uh, Golden Knights uh, end up losing to Minnesota. Minnesota stinks. What else is new? Uh, (laughs) Steph Curry did not go over 29 and a half, although that is a Andy Hart pick. So Hart so far is 0-2. Turp is 1-0. Hey. Uh, Fourier is still with a winning record because of all the wins I gave him, but otherwise we're all kind of loitering, loitering around the uh, the uh, the same area here. Now right, let's try to get you some money tonight here on the lunchtime parlay. Um, I do believe I saw this nugget, and I I do I think I saw it on the Brian Barrett timeline about how the Detroit Pistons for I think it's six in a row or something like that have covered as double-digit favorites. So this would be because teams are like, yeah, let me rest my guys. It's only Detroit. And Detroit's got, you know, young guys that are out there trying to play hard or whatnot. Now, again, I know they subtracted from their roster, but I will go into that trend against a lazy Lakers team tonight. So I will take the full 11 points with Detroit against the Lakers. Billy Landy, good morning. How are you? What's going on? Hey, uh... Are you, um, uh, are you, I, I know, I, I, I'm getting the sense judging by the, the photos or the videos on Twitch that it's not snowing up there the way it is here. I didn't know if uh, you are planning a Benny Snow Day at some point. Uh, we got to get him at some point. We got to throw him in there and force him to do a snow angel, but we haven't really had anything too crazy. <laughs> we live in Quincy and there really hasn't been any kind of major snow to do it. 
So we'll see what happens when I get home tonight. If there's a little left, if there's still enough sun out, we'll throw him in there. Because uh, I, it. oh, he, he, oh, you think he'll hate it? Uh, he's gonna absolutely hate it because he's the definition. He was born in June. He's the definition of a summer baby. He hates clothes. He hates shoes. He hates socks. Oh, I love him already. He does. He hates to be bundled up. <laughs> so wow! I can't imagine if we put him in a snowsuit and bring him outside, he's gonna be none too pleased. Especially <laughs> oh, yeah. if we put him in the snow. Oh well, there is that too. You gotta have put him on little... his back and see if he can get himself up. Oh it's my god. Funny. Right? No, he does like he does like a weird like possessed crawl where he like, leans on his head and kicks his heels up and like yeah. shimmies backwards. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's got like there's like an upside down crawl or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. No, he's, like. he's starting to move a little more. He's just gonna figure out getting his knees underneath him, but he crawls. He's doing pretty well. Have you uh have you invested in all the baby gates that you need yet once no, he's on the move? No, not yet, but we definitely need to get a gate just to kind of keep him in an area because you know, you turn around and he's under a co- under an end table somewhere. You know what you need to get? Think about getting as a border collie. Okay. What? Get a dog. Yeah, the border collie dogs, just as well, they 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 uh, they can corral and monitor babies just as they can, like, sheep. It's very All interesting. Right. Like, they're good. Like, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Like, there's some dogs out there that will, if you have, like, an area where you don't want your baby to go, you can teach them to, and they just I grab mean, them and throw them back. You brought, that was an odd comment, but you brought it back around. So I, I uh, kudos to you on that one. I didn't know the Border Collie were good with babies. Yeah. All right. Uh, Billy, what do you got? Going for a block, block party. party. Yep. Jalen Brown go. over a half a block tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. All right. Chicken Nick, what do you got, friend? Uh, the Oilers are basically my team right now because they're the only picks that I make that actually win. They're playing the Red Wings tonight at home. Oilers, very good home team. So give me the Oilers on the 60-minute line tonight. You get a little more juice that way. Uh, hey, uh, how is it in uh, the metropolis of Worcester? Is it wiped out with snow yet? I don't know. I left my house at 4.15 this morning, and there was nothing on the ground. So, I, I Oh, my God. All right, then. We'll have to check that out. And then, finally, the weather list, Christian Fourier. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Lightning at Boston. Uh, let's go with uh, the under tonight, fellas. Let's go under six and a half. Um, two former uh, Vesna winners uh, playing uh, in net. And uh, and that's really the only thing I got on this. Two really good guys playing goalie, and uh, I'm going to go with the under based on that alone. All right then. It's like so, having a really uh, good defense and calling the under for points allowed. That's kind of so what my s- thinking is. So you spent no time yesterday and thought about betting or anything like that, did you? Um, about ten minutes. About wow. ten minutes. All right then. So Tampa and Boston under six and a half. Oilers on the 60-minute line against the Red Wings. Jalen Brown with a block. And I got Detroit plus 11 against the Lakers, ladies and gentlemen. That'll win you $140.86 on a $10 wager on today's Lunchtime Parlay. We'll make sure to get that out on social media. Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I on Twitter or X. And on Instagram, Gresh and Fourier. Spell the A-N-D in between our last names. 14086. We'll get that out to you soon enough. And Tom E. Curran joins us next. Now, more Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. If you go to Gresh Fourier, WEEI on Twitter or X, I just uh, retweeted a photo from what it looks like in downtown Providence. Yikes. It is a mess. I got a mess on the bridge. And, uh, well, the Patriots have to... 
Well, try to get out of the mess they're supposedly under and try to build a football team. Let's talk about that with our guy, Tom E. Curran. He joins us now on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy is brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lepresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. And by Wise Snacks, no one does crunchy, salty, or cheesy better than Wise Snacks. Tommy, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, Andrew. What's going on, my friend? Hello, Christian. Hello, Tom. How are you doing? Good, buddy. Back, uh, in, back in the great state of Massachusetts, huh? Missing oh, Vegas yeah. at all, buddy? Yep. Yeah. How was yeah, Vegas for the Super Bowl? Say it again? How was it for the Super Bowl out there? Oh, it was fine. It's a lot of, I mean, it's, it's all work. It's, and I think that's the interesting thing for us. I mean, we are on TV a lot. We have a lot of TV, podcast, interview responsibilities. So I'm not kind of gallivanting. Plus, I'm a little bit of an older gentleman. So my gallivanting days are drawing to a close. So it was good. We got a ton of guests and we got a ton of insight um, as we were out there. So it was a good week. Okay, because I know, like every, after every Super Bowl, they, they it's almost like I know it's nobody really votes on it, but they always say, "Oh, it was good, it was bad." Like this city sucked, never have it in this city again. We should always have it. The Super Bowl should always be in New Orleans. That's the universally considered like the best place to have the Super Bowl. So I guess if you were going to rank Vegas of all the Super Bowls you've been to, right? L.A. one year, Arizona a bunch of years, Minnesota, Atlanta, Houston, you, who does it best? Indianapolis was still the best one that I really? enjoyed the most because it okay. was so compressed. The downtown is so simple. Um, the stadium's there. All the bars and restaurants are right there. I really thought Indianapolis was fantastic. They had a network of hotels that were connected. But, again, that's for my purposes. If you're a fan, you don't want to go to Indianapolis. You want to go to Las Vegas. You want to go to Arizona, which is a little bit far flung, but yeah, New Orleans, all that stuff. My, I'm not the right guy to, to get on a sample of what's the best Super Bowl city because my interests are convenience at the media center, uh, approachability from my hotel, and ease of movement. That's it. <laughs> okay. So, Tommy, Tommy, I know that uh, for many years a lot of us went through the many Tom Brady debates, best of this, best of that, and Joe Montana was wedged in there for a very long time period of time why are we not getting more comparisons of Mahomes to Montana the way Brady had to go through them in the first 10 years of his career because fewer people remember Joe Montana so he's not used as the benchmark Brady instead becomes the benchmark it's just amusing how long it took Brady to break through and the reservations and qualifiers that were attached to Brady, even as he's reeling off Super Bowls. And people would say, well, John Montana was 4-0 in Super Bowl. Yeah, he, he also got absolutely demolished and went 2-3 and three in NFC Championship games for a stretch of time. He wasn't even getting Super Bowls. He was getting his ass handed to him in NFC Championship games in the mid-'80s. So, to me, it's, it's just, look, there was a, a massive amount of Patriot fatigue that – Ensued, and you're going to see that when the Dynasty documentary comes out later this week, um, and you'll begin watching that. And Christian, you'll be involved, and you'll enjoy it um, because I've seen some of the trailers and teasers. Um, but people were very, very reserved about doling out the credit to the Patriots and Brady and Belichick because of the way they perceived them. They came from nowhere. 
they had a reviled coach when Bill took over, and Peyton Manning and the Colts were the anointed ones. So everything was qualified and qualified and qualified. But when you look at it and when you watch this dynasty on Apple TV later this week, you're going to remember just how ridiculous the conversation is. Because I watched all 10 episodes last night. I was fortunate enough to be included in that. And how we can even have a conversation about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady at this point. And I do. He's on, you know, Mahomes is top five. But Brady is so far and away beyond anything that anybody else is that it's absurd to even have this Patrick Mahomes conversation. Yeah, I, I just I refuse to even have it. It's almost comical in a way. And sometimes I see some I see other fans, other media members who are pro Kansas City, and I go, man, they are so freaking annoying. And on one, and I go, is, is that is that the way we were? Is that the way Patriots fans were? Just obnoxious, loud, arrogant? Yeah. And, and I think the answer is yes. And that has to oh, do yeah. with some bit of the animosity that grew because the like, bragging rights always started in Foxborough. Yeah, and we were off also, you know, the way the Patriots came about in 01, 03, 04, and it wasn't necessarily them as much as the media around them. They had a totally different way of doing things. There was no hood ornament. They were predicated on the fact that Tom Brady was a hood ornament, like every team was seeking. He got injured, and one of the, you know, serfs, Tom Brady, rose to the level of, king and as a result the patriots figured and seemed and maybe they did hatch a new way of doing things they hatched a new way of having a culture that you were a part of christian and new england fans and the patriots themselves were happy to celebrate hey we do it differently we get introduced as a team we are selfless we have a coach who doesn't sit there and give pithy sound bites we have a quarterback who makes less than everybody and it's just one of the guys so that existed until 2007, really, when in that offseason they went from Cinderella to supermodel, and they were a team that became easy to dislike, especially after Spygate began. But, you know, when you look at the Chiefs compared to the Patriots, when you look at Brady compared to Mahomes, the Patriots won Super Bowls in 01, 03, 04. Probably should have won it in 06, except for a really crappy roster, and they lose to the Colts. Then they should have won it in 11, perhaps, had Gronk not been injured. 2012, they certainly could have done the same thing. I think mean, Gronk was injured again. Um, 13, they were not a good enough team. But 15, they certainly were. If it wasn't for Jamie Collins biting on 2-0 and Daniels' touchdowns, they would have absolutely taken care of business in that Super Bowl. So what are we talking about? And the way the Patriots won their Super Bowls compared to what the Chiefs are doing. I mean, Mahomes turned it on late in the game and brilliantly, and I love him. I think he's awesome. He's one of those guys who belongs to the Mount Rushmore. But what the Patriots accomplished in the, these games over and over and over again, what Brady did, Mahomes isn't even in the same friggin' galaxy. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston here with Gresham Fourier. That kind of gets to the team building that's got to go on in Foxborough, Tommy. If you look really over the last decade, there are two guys that stand out, Brady and Mahomes. A lot of people very just tritely say, I got to find a Brady or Mahomes. Well, those guys are one of one. So really the question becomes, Tom, with the number three pick involved as well, do you go chasing your version of the Yeti or do you build a football team? And, you know, we look at the Super Bowl and we see Kansas City and we see San Francisco. 
two very different ways of building teams. I don't know if one is more right than the other. I know you've kind of been on record of tackle at number three. Does that mean you lean towards more of maybe the way a San Francisco way of building a roster down in Foxborough? Um, I didn't necessarily say tackle at number three. I don't think I've ever said that. What I said was trade down. Consider the trade down because of the booty that you can get in return. Because if you get the eighth overall pick and then, say, Atlanta's number one pick next year, and you have your own and Atlanta's next year, you can move up if you see the quarterback du jour next year or Duane next year. You can move up then. Um, and people are like, well, you got to go and take the quarterback. All right, well, Mahomes was the 10th overall pick. Brady was 199th overall pick. Josh Allen was, what, the 6th overall pick? The gap between Mahomes and everybody else in this elite quarterback group is insane. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you want to talk about Joe Burrow, he was number one overall pick. He's hurt all the time. LeVar Jackson had been hurt all the time, or too frequently for my taste, before this year. And even then, he gets into the playoffs, and he, he doesn't excel at the same level. So I continue to look at that and be like, got to get the quarterback. got to take that shot when you're at the top. Bill and I talk about this all the time. Yes, keep scratching the scratch tickets. I get the logic. I understand why Jaden Daniels or Drake May could be the guy that you want to build around. But I also see the logic in doing it the other way. So it's the same thing as with the Super Bowl. People want to absolutely lacerate Kyle Shanahan for butchering overtime. And, like, if you can't see the logic behind exactly what he did and realize that that was a 51-49 decision and not a 95% right, 5% wrong decision, as people are reframing it, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm segueing a little bit, but Mm. these are close calls. Not so sure. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I feel like... No, I feel like uh, I feel like Shanahan. Why would you not want to know what you need to do there? And when you win the toss in overtime, there is no downside to getting it second to knowing like what the like what the Chiefs were going to do. Of the well, if they score, they kick the PAT. We're going to go for two. We've already decided it because we're like when analytics people are like, hmm, I'd like to operate with less information. <laughs> That's what I don't understand. Yeah, to me, if you decided to give Patrick Mahomes the ball first in a sudden death scenario, you should be thrown off the Golden Gate Bridge. Well, it's no longer that's a, a it, well, but so, that's the thing. It's no longer a sudden death scenario anymore because oh, but it is one a of the death scenario the little... once you get past the first two possessions, it absolutely is. That's what Shanahan's logic was. I want to have the ball first in sudden death. So that was what he explained. Yeah, yeah. no, it it was an offensive guy thinking like a defensive coach. Really? Yeah, see, I look at it totally different. I look at it as the amount of stress that Patrick Mahomes puts on that defense in that scenario, I think mentally is a little too tough for the defense to kind of deal with. That's... That's why, and I'm with Gress. I want to know what I'm going to deal with. They Both sides said that they knew what they were going to do beforehand. The Chiefs said they were going to, if they got the ball, they're going to, if they score, they're going to go for two, which is fine. I wonder what the 49ers mm-hmm. would have done. They settled for a field goal, but they had no choice. But I'm going to circle back. Not even wait circle back, I bring this. up a new question. i got to say this. Go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. If they went 3-3, three to three, 
Kansas City kicked a field goal. San Fran got kicked a field goal. And then you gave the ball to Patrick Mahomes in sudden death, and you made that choice. He would be getting absolutely hammered. You absolute idiot. You gave Patrick Mahomes the ball first in sudden death. That's what the scenario was. If they had tied in that situation, Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes would have gotten the ball first. Again, that's why it's it's a much narrower call than people are giving it credit for. You want to get Patrick Mahomes the ball first in sudden death overtime? You need your head examined. Well, speaking of head being examined, um, uh, okay. let's go to Mac Jones, Tommy Kern, because um, rumors, sources say that the Patriots uh, are you know looking into uh, moving Mac Jones. What do you think what do you think they should do with them, and what do you think ultimately they would do if you have that answer? What do I think they should do with them? I think he's an asset, and you should keep him on the roster as long as you possibly can before moving on from him because he has demonstrated that he can play at a decent and productive level in the league. Now, he also demonstrated in the most recent games, the Giants game, um, the Indianapolis Colts game, the last times we saw him, that he is can play at a disastrous level, an embarrassing level, a humiliating level that costs everybody their jobs. But and the guy is in there, so keep him until you know what you're doing. So keep him through free agency, definitely. Keep him through the draft. If you have Gardner Minshew and Jaden Daniels and Bailey Zappi on your roster at that juncture, yeah, you can trade Mac Jones, release Mac Jones, leave him at the curb. But to me, what's the rush? Unless you're trying to do him a solid as an organization and the Kraft family feels as if, you know what, it's better to do you a solid and move your face out of here than it is to have you around. Um, and I'm saying they would do the solid. Mayo would be more of, we just don't want your face around. I think the Kraft would see, can we, can we move him someplace? Because I feel bad what happened with Bill. Um, but I think he's going to end up elsewhere, which is an understatement. Yeah, Tommy, I'm with you on the timing of it all. <clears throat> you got to treat even even though we might be down on some guys, you got to try to treat them the best you can as an asset. Yeah, it's again. What happens if the free agent quarterback you sign gets in a moped injury in the Bahamas? <laughs> now you have to. Don't throw things out before you need them until you, so you're not saying, oh, I wish I didn't throw that away. Keep them until you don't need them anymore. Uh, good stuff from our friend Tom E. Kern of NBC Sports Boston. You'll hear him with Jones and Mego on Thursday. Tommy, thank you, friend. We'll catch you later. See you guys. Thank you very much. There, there he goes. Yeah, no, good chat. I love disagreeing with Tom. I, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I don't understand where the numbers people would get the whole, okay, if it goes to a sudden death situation, yes, it is Patrick Mahomes because when you go second in that – or when you go first in that scenario, you're giving up the control. So you give the ball first to Kansas City, they go down and score a touchdown. I know what I need to do. And, by the way, if I want to avoid that scenario, which is what Andy Reid was going to do – then you have a, a gaggle of two-point plays and you go from there. I just think if you're an offensive-minded coach like Kyle Shanahan's supposed to be, part of the tight pants crew, that whole posse, right? They're all, why Why would Why would you look at it the other way? If you're I, I also, off, uh, it, I don't there, get it. 
There is a. Do you like the new rule? Do you like the way they changed the rule? No, it is stupid, and I hate it. It's professional football. <laughs> yeah, all three phases should count. And I know because because Whittle Patrick or Whittle Joshy didn't get to touch the ball. We had to change the rules. It's it's so, so stupid. It's, it's a it's another sign. Hate it's, it. Well, it's just it's just piling on with the idea that it's offense driven league because the defense bears no burden. They don't care the burden that the defense has right. to put on their back. Hey, you play defense is part of the game. So go stop them. Like you it, it's amazing how they right. say you we know never, what, regardless. Right. Both both guys need to touch the ball. That's the only way it's it's really fair because the other offense may be really good too. We'll never get to see them. I I, I like I always liked the the stress and uh, uneasiness that came with the coin toss um, and the way teams play when they got the ball first. I liked Profe- it. It's professional football, not yeah. college. It was, it not was high totally school. separated your your league yes. from the, the 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 college game and you know high school game. It's like we're different. We're adults. Our circumstances are different. So you know. Anyways, but they're not going uh, backwards now. Uh, quickly, because I know we got to get to Billy. Cincinnati Bengals are expected to put the franchise tag on T. Higgins, according to Paul Daner of The Athletic. I don't know if the guy was destined for here anyway, but there were a lot of uh, Rich Keefs and others out there who had always lived the dream of T. Higgins. We can get to that and some of the new uh, coaches down in Foxborough as well. Remember, you can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. What do you think about the halftime show, by the way? Uh, Never asked you this. uh, Would you like to know the real answer? No, no. Give me a fake answer because that's what I I really. No, no, no. I would. Oh, I'll tell you. Well, then I'll tell you. I watched it. It was great. My real answer is I went to the garage for 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, because I would much rather. Yeah, I'd much rather smoke it up than, uh, you know, watch them, them ping ding a ling around. I know they put in Luda and uh, mixed in lots of good people in there, whatever, but fine. I, uh, I, uh, I took a timeout, went to the garage, made a phone call, and was like, ah, I don't care about this crap. Yeah, I, do, I actually went out and bought uh, my wife and I the morning, yesterday morning, the morning of our surgery. We're sitting there listening to Usher talk about how much we forgot how good Usher was. He's coming to Boston, I think, in August. We actually bought concert tickets. We're going. We're what? We're Stop one of it. yes. I swear to God. Yeah, I bought. I bought. Uh, I bought so Usher concert to, tickets. Hold on. So, so your wife has to deal with this for two hours. Yeah, that's pretty much. That's pretty much all I got. White man overbite or yeah, underbite? Either way. Pop- the problem is like she is a big she like dances and she dances well and that's what I do. I do the peanut butter on my chest dance. Yeah, you yeah, know? there you <laughs> go. Hold your nipples and rub them sideways. Yeah, I I anyways, listen, I know like, you know, listen, most people aren't into it, but Usher's actually pretty good. And the fact that he was like all he was all hugging on uh uh, who was it? Uh, forgot who the piano player was that he was on. God, why can I? Uh, oh, was it uh, John Legend or something like no, that? It was was not... he in that mix? Who was who was who who joined him on stage? Why can I not remember? The I don't know. Alicia Keys. I, I, Alicia I Keys. To... Oh my God! Yeah, oh, Alicia go. Keys. He was grinding on Alicia Keys like it was his like it was his girlfriend. Oh, and is I don't a know Swiss if, if Alicia is... Keys' husband liked it too much? Yeah, he was, yeah. Like, all Swiss over that beats. Booty. 
Yeah, Swizz Beats uh, still in the picture there with Alicia Keys. I think so. I mean, you could, it, was, it did look a little awkward. I'm not going to lie. I know you missed it. He was like leaning into her like, and she was like, okay, that's a little, whoa, too much. Where's the other hand at? Oh, where'd that booty? Oh, stop it. Oh, man. And then it just kind of ended. I think Usher still has a piece of the Cleveland Cavaliers, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Oh, yeah. He was. He got brought into that ownership group, I think, when LeBron was there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Might need a little Google search on that or whatever. But um, yeah, I do want to run. So you liked it. No, well, yeah, you, yes. You, uh, Absolutely. You know what? I bought concert tickets. I'm the sucker. So they don't pay these guys to do these halftime shows. Correct. But it's the equivalent of almost like you know fifty million dollars in exposure based on all the people that were watching. He has he just finished his residency. He has an album that dropped on last fr- on Friday. Uh, he has a concert tour. So you probably look at the numbers from what he got out of doing that. Pretty significant, if you ask me. Well, if if you'd like to know, there actually is a guy out there, Joe Pompliano who is a uh, yeah, like a sports business guy, stuff like that. He said the impact of Usher's Super Bowl performance. Spotify streams are up 550%. Concert ticket prices are up 40%. Ugh. And you see, sucker. sucker. Even crazier, at TickPick says 38% of the total tickets they have sold for Usher's upcoming, upcoming tour came after last night's game. This guy right here. Yesterday morning, yesterday morning, we're sitting there in the in the uh, garage of the of the surgery center, and I'm like, and the next thing you know, we're like we're buying tickets, and we wouldn't go in to check in until the tickets were bought. Yeah, I'm one of that whatever that forty percent that bought tickets the morning uh, after the Super Bowl. So you're one of those, just like yeah. when the weekend did his probably, a couple of years ago. Probably his, played uh, paid his double downloads. For yeah, if I no, want to uh, purchase the tickets before the Super Bowl, yeah. half price. Yep, probably so. Or waited another month. The, the the you know everything's gone half price. My wife and my youngest are so susceptible to advertising. It is unbelievable. Like <laughs> it'll be like, oh, they'll see it. Oh my god, I gotta have it. How about this? Okay, and and I want to get to T Higgins, but um, I have I have the I have the door closed here in the studio. Okay, my wife. <laughs> you got to whisper. I love it. My wife. Loves NASCAR so much. She saw this thing online for NASCAR Crocs. <laughs> she bought NASCAR branded Crocs. They come with uh, stuff that like lights up on the shoe. The back of the shoe, when you flip like that part down that goes over your axilis, yeah, yeah. holds your foot down. It uh it has a spoiler on it like a NASCAR car. Yeah. I'm not kidding. And I'm it, same. It, here's the way it happened. Same. Here's the way it happened. She saw it online, bought this thing within three minutes, and it was at our house two days later, and she was walking around. I I, I should go downstairs and grab one of these things, but yeah, I gotta see like, it. Uh, so I can't make fun of you completely. No, because I am the one who has to in my house say no, don't buy that. No, you don't need to do that right now. You can wait a little bit. Well, what They're about still going to have plenty of them? What about the the uh, the Dunking sweatsuits that were being sold because of the uh, Ben Affleck commercial? We my yeah. my, my my stepson was trying to buy them. And there they it sold is. out. Coop, they sold out Coop. right away. So the uh, oh yeah, they they were done. I think Nick had the story yesterday. They were out within twenty minutes. 
Uh, and there you go. For those of you watching on Twitch or on YouTube, there you go. That's what my wife bought. Those, those Crocs right there. <laughs> Good that for her. Is, that is, oh, I mean, I have, I have no ability to stop her. Uh, and I'm shocked we're not going to, like, the Daytona 500 this weekend, quite honestly. Was oh, that this uh, weekend because, already? Oh, yeah, it is, buddy. Uh, the uh, the uh, the duels are, uh, or it's either duels or heat races. I don't know exactly. They used to call them the duels. Now they have it in L.A. now, and they, they do the thing inside the uh, uh, L.A. Coliseum and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, 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 it all starts on uh, Thursday, See? and then uh, on, uh, what, uh, Saturday you're going to get, uh, I think, Xfinity and trucks, and then, on Sundays, the cup race, if it don't get rained out. Yeah, so it's funny. Like The, the end of the football season, first of all, I always think, and I'm curious, because next weekend, next Monday is President's Day. Um, I do believe that Super Bowl Sunday, like the day following, should be just a day off. It should be a day off. Um, call it make up some there's got to be somebody born on the day after like in february that you can always use as a day off to have a you know three-day weekend so now we need famous people born on february 13th i'm sure you can find somebody of some sort of significance that was born that we can celebrate and use as an excuse to have the monday after the super bowl off all right can i ask you a question what do we do in the leap year when there's an extra day in february can I just say, like, I'm an idea man. I'm not really a, you know, oh, a calendar guy. Like, okay, I'm just throwing I got out you. the idea. All right, there you go. I, I just want to tell you to figure it out. Like, this How, is me. Uh, if I'm your boss, I walk yeah. into your office and I say, I say, uh, Gresh, I want to do this. And then I leave and, I, and, like, you know, I let you figure it out. How very uh, Maura Healy of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> here's, these, here's these people who have no homes. Figure it out. Yeah, oh, I'll yeah. be back in about a month. Yeah, everybody will just open their home and give up space. <laughs> what am I? I'm just an idea person. What do I know, for God's sake? Yeah, sorry, I'm guilty. That's the way I was born. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. This T. Higgins report for you. Uh, and we had somebody in the uh, Twitch chat right away who uh, who was like, oh, yeah, if, uh, if T. Higgins gets franchised, he's going to hold out. Let's actually walk through this for a moment because there were those who said, hey, the Patriots need a wide receiver. Why not go out and get a guy like T. Higgins? He's young. He's 25. Right. So here's the thing for you. Right away, it was always going to hold out. So T. Higgins in his four years so far in the NFL has made about $10 million. He last year made just a skosh under three million, so let's just call it three million. The projected franchise tag is twenty point seven million dollars. If you were in T. Higgins' shoes, knowing that you're only twenty five years old, you in theory would put up good numbers, and you're getting seventeen million dollars more year over year. Would you be screaming, nah? I'm going to hold out. I want to be traded somewhere. Yeah, the whole the thing with holding out, it's not worth it anymore. Go ask Chris Jones if it was worth it for when he was holding out. It it's it's the league has made it impossible for you to hold out. I mean, sorry, they haven't made it impossible, but they've made it really painful for anyone who decides to hold out. Yep. And you really won't bear the burden of that until you get into the to the regular season. Like missing a mandatory OTA is not a big deal. Hell, guy uh Lawrence guy was threatening to do that. Oh, actually, he did do that. He missed the mandatory OTAs, didn't he, over the season, before the season started? 
I feel like that was one of the things that he was doing. Yeah, Jones. Uh, I think Chris Jones did the whole. But Chris yeah. Long Jones did uh, into the into the camp, and then he was like, into camp, I heard him yeah. talking about it. He was like, it was the stupidest thing. He's like, I have to go forward with these these playoffs. I, I got to get all the money I lost because I held out. It made no sense. Now he's he's a potential free agent, isn't he? I think he's free uh, again. Also. Yeah, no, very much so. He's in line to get uh, big time bucks. So if I ask your question, like if T Higgins, listen, if you got to prove it one more year. And you make seventeen million dollars. I I think you take those chances. Um, I seventeen mean, million more. He'll yeah. get he'll get twenty point seven million based on the projection on the tag, and he made two point nine nine six million last year or something like that. Oh, and by the way, Christian, let me ask you: If you were a free agent wide receiver, wouldn't you love to be playing with Joe Burrow to help you set a bar for what you could be going into real free agency the year after? No, yeah, it, it may, you have the best options, but, you know, uh, uh, listen, if, if it's between Joe Burrow and the money, like if they sign him to a contract, I mean, he's, he, I don't think he cares where he's going to go because he's, he's at the, I didn't realize he was so young. Yeah, that's the thing. He can, he can jack his money up to $20 million on a franchise tag this year at twenty five, twenty six, and then still be able to easily get a five- or a six-year deal in free agency next year. Oh, man. I think for Higgins, it's a, it is a no-brainer. Yeah. I'm going I'm to go up by $17 million this year. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I was just looking at the – speaking of age, I was just looking at the age of Kansas City's defense. Um so they won the Super Bowl last year with the fourth youngest defense, averaging 25.2 years. And this year, they had winning it again uh, in, you know, with a big defensive stance, especially uh, in both fourth and overtime, with the second youngest defense at 25.6. I mean, I mean, that's a big part of their success is how young their defense is, uh, controllable years for their draft picks a couple of free agent guys that they'll probably have to overpay and then using and then and then Mahomes' willingness to manipulate his contract over That's... year after year after year. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean I remember when he signed that big contract, you know, Lee Steinberg was obviously is still his agent, with the ability to just constantly change it where he was always going to be paid where he should be paid. Because the highest paid quarterback right now I think is um that always changes year to yeah. I think Jalen Hurts ended up having it this year because or it Dak was Prescott the, is one of the those year that he signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but it's those, always going to be Mahomes. You won't be yeah. able to trace and figure it out. You'd have to do some crazy math to kind of figure it out. But they got him on lock, and he ain't going anywhere. And he'll always he'll make he'll do a better job of managing his contract and being paid more than Brady ever did. Oh, I agree because Brady kind of showed the way, and Brady also made mistakes along yeah. the way yeah. in in managing it uh, along those lines as well. So, no, I could totally, I could totally see and understand that. But that's also kind of the secret sauce with Kansas City. But it's really amazing to me this whole, wow, you know, they've got some a couple older guys on defense that might need to get paid, and they're able to do it because you've got some young guys who aren't making any money. Like, okay, that's. That was the Bill Belichick way of salary cap management forever. Like one of the things I want to get to a little bit later on in terms of franchise tag or whatever is how many players on the Patriots would be worthy of using the franchise tag. And in terms of trying to put together a roster for next year and beyond, how do you go about using it for some of those guys? Because I think there's one guy 
where it might be able to set a, say, ceiling for you to be able to negotiate down from. And there's one guy that I'd love to keep him for a year, and it's a real easy way to be able to do it. Who? So, Tell me now. I want to know. Uh, uh, well, I mean. Are we down his, time? Well, no, it is on a show sheet. But here, I'll just kind of stooge it off a little bit. If you're thinking, if you're thinking of drafting a young left tackle, why wouldn't you entertain franchising Mike Onwenu? Mm. And last year you paid Hunter Henry fifteen point five million. This year's uh, projection for tight ends on a franchise tag is, I think, twelve point three. So you keep him for a year. You're not insulting him. And oh, by the way, he's getting money, and it's a guy that you need for your offense anyway because there's no tight ends. Yeah. So just mull it over. Okay. Because it's all a part of our – I think the one thing that we're going to be able to do really well is kind of help with this whole franchise building. Listen, if there's Collaboration Nation going on down in Foxborough, why can't we be a part of it? You know what I mean? Collaboration hey, they, Nation. Hey, they, they, uh, when they, keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah, they hijacked our look back at 23 ideas. So what the hell? Why, so why, why can't we have – Same with Apple. No, Apple did the <laughs> dynasty. They didn't do I know, one year. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how much are we going to see you in that? Do they call you? I don't know. I, I mean, Currents is acting like I'm in it a lot. I, I don't know. I have no idea. You, to be honest with you, there's a part of that that I have no desire to even waste any time watching it. You know, there's a part of me that says, because are they going to go over the same? Is it like a, is it literally like a vanity project? Which I'm sure it is, right? Was it like how much, are they going to like get to the underbelly? The real issues are going to tell some deep, deep, dark secrets. Are, are people going to be uncomfortable with the, because that's what I really want to know. Well, I don't want to sugarcoat anything. Well, what were those? Are well, you sitting I mean, on some? I, I do think I always thought that the, the the most intriguing stories were told by the guys like once they left and they, they weren't. Well, Bill's not. Bill's, I mean, what is Bill really going to say? You know, I've always wondered that. Like, what's like, he going to say? Like, he's never honest. Like and and but but once you're out of the league in terms of telling stories against Bill or of Bill or whatever, there are people who are still reticent to do that. I feel like we're not gonna get the unvarnished truth until people are no longer on Earth. Like some of the stories that I've told you off air that you've shared with me, you're not hearing any of those stories. You're not Probably hearing not. any of them, right? That let me tell. <laughs> so um, I just feel like you know eventually. Um, and I always felt like it can't come from the disgruntled empo- employee. It can't come from Cassius Marsh. It can't come from Adelius Thomas. It's got to come from the guys who were like or in good standing. It because you'll believe those stories, contract talks. You know how they felt like they were screwed over. What did Bill say? Manipulation on this side. What was? Why were they? Why was the the strength st- the strength staff and the you know the you know the um. You know, the physical therapists, you know, the trainers, why were those guys at odds? You know, where did it all go wrong? All those things. That one era of time when, like, uh, Guerrero was involved and it just became, like, real uncomfortable and nobody liked each other and they had to manage that and Guerrero couldn't go on the flights anymore and he, he couldn't be on the sideline. I want those. I Good want that Lord. information. That's that what is. I want. Well, we'll see. I know this uh, series is about to uh, start here soon enough and. I'm uh I gotta find out I gotta ask somebody in my house if I have an Apple TV login whatnot or whatever. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Yeah. We have to do that. Um so the lighter side of sports, I have one more 
Taylor Swift Super Bowl story. But Fourier, if a former NFL player is to be believed, then Taylor Swift is much more like us than we would have ever thought. I'll explain it on the lighter side of sports next. Time now for The Lighter Side of Sports, brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, with the two twinkle toes themselves, Gresh and Fourier. Whoa, brother! Do I got something that is one more Taylor Swift-related sort of moment, let's put it that way. Uh, and that would be as I'm struggling with uh, something on Instagram here. Um, but uh, there is a report for you that uh, Taylor Swift might be more of a meanie or a little Uh-oh. more ruthless than we think. By the way, this is the lighter side of sports. It is sponsored by my friends at Awaken 180 Weight Loss. When it is time for you to make a change with your weight today, make sure you go to awaken180weightloss.com. Now, for you, I'm yes, about sir. to do something that <laughs> um, that is going to make everybody nervous. And I'm talking about more of Chicken Nick and people at the station. So, you know me, I got all my gizmos and stuff, mm-hmm. right? I just found a complimentary piece of audio from Brandon Marshall telling this story of apparently now, Christian, according to Brandon Marshall, Taylor Swift had Kanye West kicked out of the Super Bowl, according to him. Really? This last Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, three years ago, when uh, when no one knew that Taylor Swift was at a Super Bowl, I, I yeah, wasn't sure. I was, no, she was just this... really vindictive, and she was trying oh, to find no. her way. Oh no! Oh so, no! It is. It is. Because wait, so Kanye West? I did see something about Kanye West like trying to get in, but so I wasn't happened... really following the story. All right, so apparently Kanye, I guess, bought a commercial during the Super Bowl oh, or whatever, that's what it was. and then yeah. end up. So what happened was. Uh, according to Brandon Marshall, and again, the scary part of this is I'm going to play audio through my board. I didn't send this to Nick. I literally okay. just found it. So okay. who knows what is, uh, ho- hopefully everybody can hear this. We did do a, a quick test of it. Is it the cell so, phone commercial that Kanye West had or is oh, this him no. talking about it? No, no. This is Brandon Marshall oh, telling okay. something called the paper root show about, uh, what went down at the Super Bowl. And uh, God willing, this works. Pulls up to Vegas. Kanye West buys a ticket right in front of Katy Perry's booth. So anytime they were going to be showing Katy Perry, Kanye's face was going to be there. Did you say in front of Taylor's booth or in front of Katy Perry's booth? Oh, my bad, my bad. In front of Taylor Swift's booth. Oh. He had a a mask on with his logo on a mask, Mm -hmm. right? Typical Kanye. Taylor Swift gets pissed off. She boom boom makes a call or two. Everybody's involved. He gets kicked out the stadium. Oh, this is hot. But Kanye, tea Kanye, is hot. Yeah. Is hot tea, hot tea, hot tea, oh. hot tea, hot tea. Okay. Got kicked out the stadium. He was trying to leverage her celebrity right. to because he right. knows they're not going to cut to him. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going to strategically position myself. So every time they cut over here to her. So now you got to go back to the beef. You know him cutting her eye. Oh, yeah. It's like you know Beyonce should have won it. And then years after. And just that whole relationship. But that's what he tried to do, man. He tried to sit in front of Taylor Swift. 
There you go. Hmm. From the Paper Root Podcast, what do you make of that Fourier? Do, <laughs> is, is Tay-Tay got a little spite and malice in her? Uh, I think uh, we'd be crazy to think she doesn't. And kudos to her for sticking it to Kanye West. Like, I kind of like God. it. He deserves it. Like, he's a what a dope. What a, I mean, I'm happy. It was I'm one ha- of the bigger, oh, yeah, one of the bigger dink moves ever by anybody yeah. was him grabbing that moment at the Grammys a bunch of years ago. Yeah, and um, and uh, listen, there's so many things about Taylor Swift that I've just grown to appreciate in so many different ways. That's one of them. That is one of them. Like, really? You think I'm just some, like, 16-year-old young girl? Like, I'm just going to allow you to kind of bird dog my moment when you haven't been around? Like, not a chance. Good for her, if it is even true. Yeah, there is Brandon Marshall. Now, again, Brandon Marshall uh, also was screaming about guaranteed contracts in sports that didn't have them and all that kind of stuff. But So he can be a tad askew at times, but... Uh, I uh, I found that to be fascinating. Only from the, she's so nice, like she was tipping people at Gillette, and you know there. However, uh, it is good to know that there is uh, a little bit of that uh, fire that burns inside because <laughs> with more and more of the comments from Kanye West, you find out that uh, he very much is duplicitous pond scum. I was like the funny thing that I was laughing about, like just. All the videos you can tell it's so it's interesting. Watch this. So here's Taylor Swift. Now she's no, now in the end, you know, when it comes to like her the family dynamics between the Kelseys and the Swifts, it is funny because here's a superstar. Now she still has to deal with uh, like Patrick Mahomes' brother. You know, uh, she has to deal with like just all these hanger oners who are trying to get at her, talk to her. And she's no different than any of us. The one thing that that I thought was just so interesting, and, and this is one of my like drug induced you know thoughts, was how I'm sitting there looking at uh, Taylor Swift doing the drinking game. Like when she sees her, she's she's doing a drinking game on herself, right? She, when they show her on the big screen at the stadium, she's sitting there taking a shot. She's chugging a beer. I'm like, how can you, as a guy, not be like really impressed with that when you compare? It to like Brady's wife Giselle, who probably wanted oh. nothing to do with any of that. Like, there, how? There's no. She wouldn't be caught dead shotgunning a beer or drinking no. excessively or like mocking herself. She's she takes herself too seriously. Like, if you if you left this season at all, once the script is finally over and all the writers kind of have themselves to drink, smoke a cigar, job well done, boys. Played out just like we wanted it to, right? You sit there, you you can't help but kind of appreciate her. Oh, completely. Uh, are the uh, are the scripts being worked on for uh, twenty twenty four or uh, or or are you As out we of speak. that loop now? As we speak, well, they start writing on the next season right right when the, before the season even ends. Like they're thinking well, of no, storylines. No, you have to know who's on what teams to be able to create all the storylines. Well, they're apparently. part of that too. What kind of writer are you? The the T Higgins the T Higgins aspect. He's part of the yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole bunch of that. So anyway, there is your uh, lighter side of sports based on what might be spite and malice. I that's love it. the way you, we do you, things here. Now you're in love. Huh? Oh, now no. Now you're listen. in love. No, I liked her before. I was not questioning everything like you were since the beginning of September. It's funny. Like, now, how does it end? That's the question. Uh, Marriage? How does it end? Marriage? 
First comes love, then comes marriage. I mean, they they seem. I don't to know be, if this last. They I don't know. They're both celebrities, and and it it feels like the celebrity relationship radar would have already clicked on for uh, both of them if there wasn't something there. That's just me. Hmm. Interesting. Celt- Celtics are going to take on a new look Brooklyn Nets squad, and I tell you what, you want to get you want to get all horned up. Yeah. We we have something from Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. That will maybe sprout some wood for you. We'll have it for you next. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Into the final hour, Gresh and Fourier. The snow is still coming down in Boston. Uh, I'm at uh, a little over uh, four and a half inches uh, right now, according to uh, reports outside my window. But you know, I'll go, I'll go outside to do the official measuring. I'll just lay down in the snow a little bit later and figure all that out. Hi, oh, look at you, look at you, you oh, changed yeah. into your your Celtics jersey. Yeah, boy, yeah, PP three, as uh, as Willie May used to say, PP three four, you got him tonight. Hey, that, that was a that was the Willie May post game interview. PP three four scored thirty eight. Talk about it. Yes, uh, that's why I'm uh, I'm uh, honking out on my uh, Celtics because the Green are playing their final home game of uh, I guess what technically would be considered the first half. That would be uh, tonight against a new look Brooklyn Nets squad. Uh, we know that uh, Jason Tatum will be a part of All-Star Weekend. We know that Jalen Brown is going to be in the dunk contest, so uh, something else to look forward to other than, say, just the uh, Daytona 500. But a little bit of a different-looking Nets team tonight, Christian, just to kind of treetop that. They got rid of Spencer Dinwiddie. He didn't want to be there. They got Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young. Um I feel like they might be in a little bit of a better spot than uh, than maybe they were before, but tonight is clearly all about the Celtics and trying to manage injuries and things like that. Uh, it's just really worth noting that uh, it'll be a uh, it'll be a different looking Nets team rolling in here tonight. Yeah, I mean they're still I mean they're still a below five hundred team. They're, they're still I mean they're they're working for. What could you should be considered just you know a playing deal? That's what they're looking for. They have a new adjusted expectations, and and oh, if you're if you're like relying it. on Ben Simmons as your, oh. I don't know that whole experiment. I love it. Like they mentioned all the people that came back, and they still uh, the new guys that they got, and they still mentioned Ben Simmons, which I don't know if anyone can ever trust, but we'll see. They're eight and fifteen on the road. Are the Nets? They're the eleven seed right now. They are two games back of Atlanta. Who is in the 10 seed? And this is one of those where you don't want to screw it up. You know what tonight is about? Why I got the old jersey on? Focus. It's about focus moving forward. And let's turn to two of our favorite Celtics of all time. Or at least of my favorite Celtics of all time. That would be Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. So we know those guys do podcasts together. And this was the latest on how veteran players and how good teams 
get to the all-star break, and then the tough task of staying focused. It's easy because now we're coming up on all-star break because there's a period between like end of December toward Christmas and New Year's to like mid-January. You like kind of like a little more tired, but then all-star break come and you get that refresh button and then you be like, all right, this the, is the final push. Once you get past all-star, you like, hey, it's downhill, fellas. It's time to lock really in. Lock Ain't no more going out like yeah, we did bad. the first half. Listen, one of the hardest things to do is to focus for six to eight months. It's one of the hardest things, but the seed's been here before. This is when the Drew Holidays, this is when some of the veteran leadership comes into play to stay the course, taking it game at a time. You know, it's important, too, to have that balance that Paul's talking about. When you just locked in and you're thinking about the game every single day, it, it can really it can drive you crazy. You need to play on your mental a lot, so you have to have a balance. Hmm. Christian, do you think championship mentality is different by sport? Or there are common threads with champions that are just managed differently based on sport expectations. Wait, say that again. Do I think there's a different championship mentality between sports? Yes. Like in football, is it a different set of mental toughness than it is in the NBA, than it is in the NHL, than it is in Major League Baseball? Yeah. Because there are differences in, in the sports. But then again, we'll point to, well... Michael Jordan and Tom Brady could have shared a brain. Yeah, I do. Um, the older I've gotten, the more I can literally say that football probably has it easiest is when it comes to the mental strain. Wow. Well, think about it. It's um, I think hockey has it toughest. It's just as physical. It's twice as long. It's, I mean, basketball – uh, baseball, it's just not as physically taxing as like when I look at hockey players, I don't know how they do it. I, I don't know how they can get through if they go all the way to the Stanley Cup. The games are always tense, they're always close. God forbid they go into OT, and there's just so many of them. And I think about those guys, like the mental, you know, strength that they need, both physically and mentally, to get through a season, I think is, I think is easily number one. I would put basketball number two. I would put uh, football probably third. And just because I'm not a big baseball guy and Lou's not listening at the moment, I would put baseball fourth. Um, yeah, baseball. Well, how is would you rank them? Uh, I don't know how so much I would I would rank them per se, but I do think the maintaining focus during the regular season is much harder than it is to get that focus kind of cranked up for the postseason. The difference, I, I think I think what makes the NBA so tough is that there are lots of guys who want to get to a Jokic, Jordan, Curry level, right? As far as accomplishments or just as, as far, far as, as just... As far as the, the accomplishments, getting to the end, being a great player while also being a champion at the same time. And... Uh, I think the competition on the high end of the NBA is higher than it is in other sports. Like the the Celtics will the let's put it this way. The Celtics could meet Milwaukee in the second round versus the Eastern Conference Finals and Giannis has been where Jason Tatum wants to get to. You know what I mean? Okay. So I'll, there I'll, is, I'll go with there that. There is there is that. I think in the NHL you can have wild swings of team was really good, couple of bad injuries, wah, now they're bad. Uh, in the NBA, obviously, that can happen if you lose your superstar, but it doesn't seem to happen as much because everybody manages it now. 
I hear what you're saying in hockey. I think it's incredibly difficult. Uh, well, so, and- so with that, because I do think there's something to that, right? Um, but when I think about, okay, um, as a football player, there's so much downtime between games, right? And the game it's is a so weak. It's a week, and then the Super Bowl, it's two weeks. So you don't play. Right. So there is, there is, and then you really. I always thought like if football would change, where let's say it's the best of three, I think there's more stress on football players in general because you work for two weeks and you run the play, same play over and over again. You get one chance to do it. It's not like hey, you screw up, you lose. And then you get it. Hey, you can make up for it the next game, right? Like you, like even like in college basketball. That's why I love their theory. Hey, you're one and done. Here's your chance. You don't have a bad game. You don't have another chance to make up for it, right? You don't have a road game to make up for it. But I still think, just as far as overall, like physical and mental toll on everything that we're talking about, I think hockey is to me is the toughest. Well, I will I will say this. There was a, a football coach and an old pro wrestling manager who uh, like ran one of those old wrestling territories, and, and they agreed on this line. Repetition is the key when dealing with goofs, which is sort of why football players practice so much and run things over and over and over yeah. so that the, the players who get it will get it, but the goofs, so to speak, will, uh, will kind of get it uh, as well. Uh, I'm excited for All-Star Weekend because I I just think Jalen Brown is about to grab back a little bit of spotlight this weekend. And I'm here for it, and I'm excited. I think he is going to uh, wow us in the dunk contest. Okay. Well, I know that you know uh, Jason Tatum looks like he'll be a part of this. What I really wish they would do is throw Deuce out there. You know, Jason Tatum doesn't do anything without including his son. I would say maybe put Deuce on your shoulders. Maybe, like, uh, use him as some sort of prop. Put him on one of those hoverboards. Do something. But uh, I'm with you on the Jalen Brown thing. I think overall, as as far as making the All-Star game back to what it used to be, you know, as far as importance and uh, curating, like, this is the way you do it. You don't have G leaguers coming in winning the dunk contest. No, no, you got to get superstars. Force them. I would even say, I would say, listen, you sign your contract, you enter one of the uh, one of the one of the competitions in the All Star Weekly. We'll pay you X amount of dollars. That adds something to the value to it, and it's got to. Yeah. It can't be counted against the cap. Uh, well, yeah, that's another Fourier idea that would have to be fleshed Again, out a little bit. It's just an idea. Yeah, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go on vacation. Let me know when you have an answer. There, there you go. Uh, Jason Tatum is doing some, uh, media rounds. I, I know that. he was, I, I think he was on, uh, what was it? The late show with John Stewart or something like that. But he also did the today show yeah. this morning, which chicken Nick found this. I understand that in the times that we're in, you can't win it. Nobody can win a championship until you do it. So yeah. nobody's going to give us the credit until we actually do it. And that's fine. Um, you know, we don't necessarily pay attention to the outside noise. There's a group of us in that locker room that, you know, go to war with each other every day. Um, and we're up for the challenge. Yeah. Hmm. Now, uh, some of that was a response to or a question being asked about Charles Barkley saying that the Celtics are soft and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, Charles Barkley changes his mind literally as much as the weather here in New England. Oh, yeah. yeah One yeah. day they're nope. the team to beat, they're mentally tough, the next day they're soft. You can't take 
And I mean, listen, I know Tatum, I mean, he's really getting in front of a lot of things. I know he donated like a million dollars to like child literacy, you know, so he's I, I, diving I think into somebody, that. Yeah, I think someone might have, uh, and, and Nick told me that there was a corporate sponsorship deal, which is a part of the reason why Tatum's doing a lot. Yeah, I believe SoFi is donating a million dollars to his foundation, which is, I think, for single moms or single parents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good by him. Well, listen, I mean, this is, this is part of the... Uh, even now I think about it, I'm like, uh, he always seems so just, like, this is part of, like, becoming the superstar. Like, not only is he putting his money where his mouth is, he never really seemed like a like a guy that wanted to be out front of things. He's so soft-spoken. You know, he never really gets angry. You know, he never really gets in the middle of a fight. Um, you know, it just he's, a, he's an interesting character for me as far as a leader of a team, right? There's yeah, no I think, real... I think he's grown into himself. Yeah. Yeah, he's, it seems like he's very self-aware. Also, listen, it's time for those guys to win it. It's it's they're due. I hate to go back to the due, but everything that they are doing, everything that they are saying, like and everything that they've been through has led them to this moment. Like this is this is it. You know, like this is the this is the opportunity that they've been waiting for. Everything is there. All the pieces are in place, and I don't think they're mentally weak. I mean, not that like, you know, Jalen Brown and Duncan Robinson is an indicator of like, you know, what you're looking for, like that little fight they got into over the weekend. Yeah, that um, was booby bumping. That was not That was like, please, that. like I mean, pick yeah. somebody a little bit more intimidating than Duncan Robinson. Please, Jalen Brown. And then he tries to talk like he's like a tough guy. Like he doesn't he's not about that life. I mean, it's it's so funny. Oh, the so whole weak. he's not about that life. Yeah. <laughs> if Duncan Robinson went over and tried to goozle pipe Jalen brown do you know how many people would be screaming from the mountaintops oh my god yeah do that i got an idea have this in the nba when i see that i love all these nba guys they're like they ain't about that life when none of them uh, could could bust a freaking grape in a fruit fight for god's sakes or nor would they want to they don't want to look like they got big balls on court and then turn around and be like be like how about this the first NBA guy I respect who goes out, walks over and tries to goozle pipe somebody, yeah. not his own teammate, like what freaking Draymond Green did. If you got a set of balls and you're about that life, go over and choke them all. Otherwise, shut up. Yeah, they're all fake tough guys in my book. Uh, and I would Stupid. say, Jalen Brown, do that to Jimmy Butler. Do that to Jimmy oh, Butler. Yeah. Do that to Jimmy Butler. Right. And they, then how see come, yeah. what happens. Like, cause That's I would a good say, one. Okay, fine. You want to take on the weakest guy on the team? You want to play dirty, be all mischievous mm-hmm. with the weakest guy on the team, the least intimidating guy on the floor? Step you don't to get a Jokic any... brother. Yeah, do it to one of those guys. <laughs> Good yeah. luck. Step, step to Jokic when the brothers are in the house. Yeah. Then you'll tell. Then you'll show me you're really about that yeah. life. Otherwise, <laughs> you're about your three hundred five million yeah. and trying to find a way to settle in Boston. <laughs> I'm no. I'm not even. Like, I'm not even buying it. Like it, it, the whole quote, the whole line. Then Nick, can you play that in? Because this is Jalen Brown commenting on the whole exchange. You just played it. I bet you won't do it again. Oh my God! Why not? <laughs> why not? Why wouldn't he? If I hope Duncan Robinson does it again, as a matter of just manhood, like do it again. Just, I'm just literally we didn't play in Serbia this game. It's gonna be really fun to see how yep. it'll be ended. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. When we when we're playing by firelight out in the in the wilderness, it says, and then you come to Serbia, and then I will teach you. You want to find out about life, bitch? 
Come on. <laughs> Come on. Could you imagine him like staring at Jalen Brown or whomever, right? Say it's Porky Porzingis. And it's that guy. Going, Come on. Come to Serbia with me. You want to find out what it's like? Come on. You want to show what life like? And his crazy brothers are jumping up and down in the background, you know, standing yeah. there each with a dead chicken ready to gut it and hit <laughs> the arena. I got to tell you the, the cue ball story. I got to tell you the cue ball story one time when I'm back in the office because that to me, like, just remind me to tell you the cue ball story. I'm not going to do it now because it works perfectly for this conversation. But I got to tell you off air first to see if it's if I can even do it on air. Oh, okay, okay. I was wondering why you were uh, going with yeah, the just big remind tease me there, to tell but now you the, I understand. Tomorrow I will tell you the cue ball story and how it relates to somebody's willingness to get into an altercation or not. Are you uh, are you borrowing Greg Hill's driver tomorrow to get to work? Uh, may I have to be at home again? Okay. I'm not really I just, sure. I didn't know. Uh, I'm All trying right. to figure out. I still have no feeling. The whole, hey, I'm going to drive with my left foot, probably is a bad idea. Oh, I didn't think now this you're what realizing that. What a, what a surprise. I didn't think this through at all. And and after I told the whole Greg Hill show and crew that you were like, uh, oh, yeah, I'll drive with my left foot. It'll be fine. I think I told Ken Laird, and Ken was just like, that does not sound like a very good idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do. I was practicing last week, and I was like, oh, I could do this with, the, I, with knowing that I can always go back to my right foot. It's just not a good idea. It's not a good so idea. Ba- it's not going to work. So, so basically, every morning, I'll be swinging by to pick you up. I was going to talk to you about that. Where could I meet you? Where where I could like just hop off the highway? Oh God! Oh, see, that's a drive there. Oh my God! I don't know if that would work. We'll yeah, work what highway do you take? Aren't you four ninety five? Are you ninety five? No, I'm ninety five. Ooh. Well, yeah. How else would I get up and down from Pro? I know you have. I know geography is not your strong suit. Why did I think that you took like some weird loop? No, I, I, I avoid this freaking bridge that's all jammed up over here right now, especially as they're trying to plow it. Good oh, God. There you go. There, there's but that, go, that, just, that just dumps me on the 95 in Attleboro. Perfect. And they have all these. I don't even want to get on a rant on this because they got this bridge that's effed up. Still. And every, and every community that you go through, do you know what they did? They took the, they took the uh, time in which the school zone you know how they put these like cameras in for school zones now? Yeah. And you got to go 20 miles an hour? There's one of them that is in Pawtucket that does not have a sign on it. So people have been getting busted left and right because they have to work their way around a bridge that doesn't work. <laughs> and this is what we're paying for as taxpayers. Uh, Don't even uh, get me started. All right, I won't. Here is Billy Lanny, who is about that life, ready to tread. <laughs> You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI and check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Oh my God. <laughs> I, uh, I'm just scrolling through on Twitter. Yeah. And because uh, I know we're going to get a lot in here, find a little bit of Gresham Fourier from uh, one of the sports guys over at Channel 7. Craig Breslow is down at uh, spring training speaking right now. Yep. And uh, Maury Hirschgordon of Channel 7 with a photo of Breslow and uh, wrote in, on this offseason to date, Craig Breslow says... 
it hasn't come together the way he's envisioned. Really now. Really <laughs> now. Was, what do we tell oh God? I, I hate Cor- to do go all Cor- Chris Curtis, but what are we doing? Like it, it's uh, like the season hasn't even officially started yet, and the dude is already saying, "I feel like I feel like he's the new Bill O'Brien." Like, hey, we we sold you on this, we convinced you of that, and then once he got into the building, he was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what? This is well, a different set of rules and regulations. This is not what you promised me." I am. I do want to circle back on a couple of those franchise tag numbers that I threw at you earlier, yeah. but this is a okay. perfect spot to kind of uh, uh, tap into another sort of Major League Baseball business mind, right? Yeah. That's how that is uh, for me, anyway. That is how I would uh, describe David Sampson, former uh, high ranking level executive with the Marlins. I do believe might have even been around the Marlins when John Henry owned them in some way, shape, or form. I think with Samson. I'm not really sure. I might be wrong on that. But I know that he was uh, down there for a a very long period of time. And he uh, hosts a show on CBS Sports HQ. And I know that it was brought up by WEEI's brilliant business mind, me on where this is all going and what the Red Sox are up to and what these owners are up to. I think it's the position for a sale, but you know what? Well, David, David Sampson caught on to what I saw, but added a different layer of perspective when it comes to everybody buying up all the property around these ballparks. Here's what Sampson said. I would say at least 20 teams lose money on an annual basis, but they fund it through other means, like ballpark village revenue. It's called non-baseball revenue. That's why all these owners want to buy all this real estate and do all these villages, because that money doesn't get shared through revenue sharing. And so they get to use that money to help offset the losses that the team has as a standalone entity. Okay. So uh, I I personally thought this was fascinating. I and and it also like how John Henry and the Red Sox were so far ahead of this. Like they had been, this has been in the works for years, right? They did they did this for, they did this so long ago at Fenway Park, and people they, are finally they, catching on. Yeah, they tried to they're they're doing it at Liverpool too. Yeah, so there and then other teams are going. Whoa! It just it, like ballpark village revenue is the Fenway experience. Non-baseball revenue is coming from the Fenway experience. It's the stadium, the surrounding area, the village is what he would call it, and how they just chew up all the real estate. They they create this whole, like almost like a baseball utopia, uh, like a destination that doesn't have any rides, that doesn't have any characters. It's just an area of Boston that people visit. To me, like I, I mean, I'm going to give you credit for being onto this. I still don't know if this is why they this is why they want to sell it. I think this is an obvious, you know, hey, we're just going to double down on our revenue, and this is how we're doing it. So it makes no sense for them to sell because they're getting all this revenue from non baseball entities. Well, I think that for the for uh, for the Fenway Sports Group, let's say, I don't think the Red Sox are a team that operates in the red all the time because 
we really don't know their true accounting. For example, we had heard, and it had been widely reported, that before that whole Bally Sports Group Regional Sports Network thing collapsed, that there was billions of dollars that were going to be paid to the San Diego Padres, which is why they went out and went on the spending spree that they did. They got Soto, they got Bogarts, they went and got all... And then what happened? (sighs) That thing cratered on them. One of their big pots of revenue that they were counting on has pretty much completely gone and disappeared. We don't know what the revenue pot is from Nesson. We don't know how all of that is calculated. We've never heard that Nesson actually took money out of their left hand and gave it to the right hand, which is the Fenway Sports Group and the Red Sox. It's all kind of baked in. So I think what David Sampson was on, which is a detail that I probably should have clarified a little more, is the in the ballpark, what your beer is, what your ticket cost is. That all factors into the stuff you share with everybody else. Yep. Where the Red Sox and others are investing is the, oh, wait a minute. You mean to tell me I can buy up everything around the ballpark, then I could sell the ballpark and the team, not have to lay out money and maybe be in the red every year, but I can have all the space around the ballpark and all the people that are living there and all that passive income for perpetuity. You're setting yourself up for the best of both worlds. And if we are to believe David Sampson that a lot of these teams are out there just losing money in terms of I pay for players, here's my revenue distribution, here's what I make at the ballpark, and these teams are still in the red, then it does have to make you ask, how are the bigger market teams trying to manage through all of this if two-thirds of the business they're in is underwater? It is interesting because and there's not every team – has the real estate to pull this off. Like when I think of just the Dodgers, there's nothing around there. It's it's on on a big giant hill. It's hard to get in. It's hard to get out. Um, Anaheim, not as bad. Um, Seattle, great area for a ballpark right over there where the kingdom used to be. The surrounding area, they built that up so much. Um, The Chicago, like Florida, Miami, they can't do this. This is they can't they can't create this whole village experience. Who wants to go there? Who's going to go to a Tampa Bay uh, Tampa Bay game when the stadium is just in across a bridge, tough to get to. It's just an odd location, and the stadium sucks. Hey, think of this. This is the new. This is the new way where it used to be twenty years ago. The Red Sox and the Yankees and everybody could just outspend everybody. This is a different way for owners to set themselves apart from others. Because at some point, we hope the Red Sox are good again. And if John Henry and crew in the Fenway Sports Group still own them, we've already become hip to the game of all of the ancillary money that they've made. It feels like they're going to put some in their pocket this year based on the way the payroll is going to be. So it's kind of an extra layer of you truly have no excuse because you now believe- we're hip to their business model. Do you believe that I think uh, – don't worry about playing it. The whole the, – that David Sampson, former GM, right, of the uh, Florida Marlins, where he said 20 – at least 20 teams work in a deficit? I, I, think, I, I, yep. You think oh, that's yeah. true? I oh, feel like yeah. it's almost impossible in some ways based on TV contracts, you know, revenue sharing. Um, it's almost like you buy a baseball team. I, I would assume it's like, you know – checking a, a lottery ticket you're instantly making money 
Hey, while the 25 guys on the roster make a lot of money, these organizations still employ hundreds of other people. Do they own their ballpark? Do they not? If they don't own their ballpark, they're not getting the lion's share of the money. That's one of the advantages the Red Sox have. Yes, it's factored into revenue sharing and all that stuff, but whatever you can keep for yourself that you can create in the ballpark, the Red Sox are going to have a higher revenue of that than everybody else. Not everybody has a good TV contract. Not everyone has invested in digital. I mean, hell, I remember having conversations with Jonathan Kraft in 2010 on the sidelines where they were all invested in digital and Patriots.com, and the Bengals didn't even have like a website or something. Nah, it's yeah. a little hyperbolous, but you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. There are yeah. different ways to make money. Speaking of the Patriots, I want to uh, get back to this because – we were talking a little bit earlier about T. Higgins and getting the franchise tag. There's a report out of Cincinnati in The Athletic that T. Higgins is going to get franchise tagged. So that's a guy that you can kind of cross off the list maybe for New England. But for you, we've done a lot of roster building talk and stuff like that. So I have identified three players for the Patriots, only three, that would even be worthy of discussing using a possible franchise tag. And it does tie into the draft because if the Patriots think they're going to be able to find a tackle in the draft, so on the left side, you got cheap cheapington, million bucks maybe, right? Uh, would that then give you the freedom and the flexibility for one year to franchise Mike Onwenu at what is projected to be $21,721,000? Million oh, Do you cow. consider that? Do I consider franchising on Wenu? Just for one year, if you are going to draft a cheapo left tackle. No. I am Interesting. not. I mean, I, I, here's what I would do. If, if I do franchise him, it's just so I don't lose him, but I'm going to get a deal done. You know, I'm going to get a deal done if I, can, if I can figure that out because that's just, he's not that good. And I don't okay. think you're that desperate. All right. At safety. That's Trent Williams type money. They won't do it. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. But could they use it as a negotiating point to kind of work down? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Not well, sure. I mean, I, if you if you uh, if I always thought that the franchise tag comes up one because you just you know you want to buy yourself more time to negotiate. So T Higgins is he's put, he's digging in. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to do that. He say, listen, we love you. We're going to force this issue, and if you you know, and we're going to give you a good deal. But we're not going to let you go, you know, check out the market. Or he's still a trade asset at that point in time once you have him locked up. Um, yeah, it, it's a little tougher to trade him at a $21 million price point, though. That's but the with real the understanding problem. that somebody else would sign him, like yeah, you would agree to a sign and trade in some yeah, fashion. I know. And even then, I don't want another team setting my, my floor or ceiling, so to speak. I want to, for me, I want to control the, the, the negotiation. But regardless. Kyle Duggar, franchise tag is $17.22 million projected. He could give you four years. Do you use this as maybe a starting point? You know, do you do you go, say, four years and $60 million for Kyle Duggar or something like that? Man, I'd have to go. I'd want to look and see what the comps are for him, but I feel like he's, um, he's a specialty it's interesting he's, he's, that your answer is that and not, oh, right away, hey, he's worthy of it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Um, what 
we think somebody is worth and what somebody is willing to give them are two different things. Correct. And I sit there and I go, wow, how much do the Patriots value him? He's of unique body type. He's a hybrid type guy. Those guys are tough to find, and they become they become so much more valuable in this league that I like losing him. Good luck replacing him, you know. And I would think for this team, in order to just at least get them over the hump until their offense can catch up, you want to keep as many of those guys as possible. Yeah, because if I'm, if Mayo, are, if I'm Covington. If- because if things are different down there, then uh, you allegedly just start throwing money around, right? That's what everybody. Hey, that's, what, it, that's what the fans have screamed. Hey, and they said they have money to burn. That's that's the one. That's the one thing they shouldn't have said. Because if I'm negotiating, I'm like, hey, you said you want to yep. burn some cash. Hey, yep. Who better than me? Uh, and then Hunter Henry projected franchise tag twelve point three million, twelve million three hundred seventy one thousand. That would be two and a half million less than Hunter Henry got last year. Now I feel like you might be able to work out a reasonable three-year deal with the guy, but if not, I think it would be smart to franchise Henry because he will be probably the best free agent tight end on the market. Yeah, and you know they're going to get a younger guy. You know that they are going to draft a tight end in the top four rounds. That's they don't have any. They need to start developing that position and. I mean, do I think Hunter Henry is gonna, you know, you know, get irritated if he's franchised? Who knows? But you're right. When you look at the dollars and you take away the whole idea of being franchised, it comes with such a big ticket. You know, you go, Oh my god, they franchise it. Well, yeah, they're actually saving money. Makes a little sense. It does. It makes a lot of sense. In fact, I, I you know, I wonder if that opens the door for three for thirty five, three for thirty, something like that. There's a way to be able to figure uh, that out there with Hunter Henry. And Fourier, what is, after a running game, a young quarterback's best friend? It would be a tight end. We there see it go. all the time. Go all get him. All the time. I'm, uh, I'm with you uh, on that. Uh, and uh, that is almost it for us, as it is still snowing down here where I'm at, although it is lessening. Uh, it doesn't look like it's a complete disaster in Boston, so apparently we have all survived but will we survive? Are you done? That is next. Now, now, more Gresh and Fourier on WEEI and streaming on WEEI.com. Now, it's time for Are You Done? Are, are You Done? Are You Done? Are You Done? You Done, right? You Done, right? Are You Done? Are You Done? On Gresh and Fourier. It is time for Are You Done? Tomorrow on the show, Andy Hart will be with us at uh, 1220 to talk about everything Patriots. Hey, Fourier, get ready for it. I'm seeing it already on uh, social media. Yeah. In- inside the NFL has got the Super Bowl mic'd up, and they uh, put out a little nugget of uh, Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey hugging after the game. The I can't believe you. I can't believe you. How did you do that? And he's thanking her for coming all the way across the yeah. world. That must have been a, love. That must have been a magical Sunday night, early Monday morning, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like even like during the game, like Nate Burleson's like, oh, that's that's a every that's a that's a man's woman. I don't know what he was saying. He was like, look at her supporting her. That's look at her supporting her man. So you watch the Nickelodeon. Thank you. I can't believe you. Thank you for the support. You Thank you for that? coming. Thank you for making it across that way across the world. Boy, we're gonna get that. after it tonight, baby. Oh yeah, no, when the no, when the Fourier thing, it would be okay and 
scene. All right, let's cut it right there. And uh, you guys, will we'll meet up with you again at the hotel for more video. Yeah, you know what? Here's what I want you to do. Now we're just going to we're just gonna just freelance here now, okay? Because, uh, you know, I want you to take Travis Kelsey's jacket, yeah. the sequence black jacket, and I want you to wear that into the club. Come on, um, lay it out for me. Uh, yeah, and then Jason, Kelsey, you're going to act drunk, okay? I want you to fall into a tree. I want you to put a mask on. You know, just be as goofy as possible. And go. Hey, I saw somebody say that Kylie Kelsey put Jason Kelsey in overalls because that's what you do with babies who take their pants off. So, Billy Lanny, are you done? And does Bubba, do you have to put Bubba in overalls because he wants to drop trout? Bubba's got overalls. Bubba's got suspenders. We're doing what we can to keep his pants on him. <laughs> because it is a problem with little kids, is it not? And it's, and it's no ass. That's the thing, too. <laughs> that's the he, hates wearing, he hates wearing pants, and he has no ass to hold them up anyway. The noted Lanny, no ass. No hips, it's... no ass, round bellies. It's what we bring to the table. Uh, well, you always bring something for Are You Done. What do you got, brother? All right. So the U.S. Customs Border Protection got a little uh, surprised when they were going through a, ba- uh, a package. So the dog sniffed something out. The guy said it was dried fish. It turned out to be mummified monkeys. Nah! So a passenger returning from a visit to the Democratic Republic of Congo reported that the luggage contained dry fish, but an inspection at Boston Logan Airport revealed dead and dehydrated bodies of four monkeys. I don't even. What are you doing with with them? Like artifacts? No, I, it's it's the potential dangers posed. Bringing this, they're just too many. They're worried about diseases and stuff. But I, it doesn't say why he did it. Yeah, why do you? I I, I don't get this at all. Okay, here we go. Here we go. The travel. The traveler said he he uh, he brought the monkeys to the U.S. for his own consumption. Wait, what? I don't, know what he's con- I don't know how he's consuming it, but that's what he said. It's for his own consumption. Some sort hey. of broth. Hey, Foya, I just went to the Congo. Come get some monkey bone soup. You would think oh, that the only thing awful. you need to worry about is like fruits and vegetables. You have anything to declare? No, just some uh, dried up gorilla heads. Is that what they were? Gorilla heads? Monkey no, no, no. Bone? Monkey, monkey heads. Monkey no, no, no. It wouldn't be gorilla. Or uh, where's Francesca? Gorillas. <laughs> it would be little monkeys because you can get those. I think I might it's have seen. It's, de- it's dehydrated well, bodies yeah, of full monkeys. I, I, I'm pretty sure on the news down here there was they they did this story because they got the some of the images you're going to see could disturb you, and it didn't like I don't know if they showed the worst ones or not. That's just weird. I don't. Do get they it. vacuum seal them? No. <laughs> I think the guy just mixed it in with like a sweatshirt. I don't, ah, man. That's the show you want, customs. Customs agent, really? Yeah. (laughs) The stuff people try to sneak in through customs. I just don't understand the logic of the, let me bring these back home. I always think of like, hey, they think they're actually going to make it through. Right. Well, there, there's a there is showing that. up to the airport with load with guns in your bag and thinking you were going to make it through. Yeah, I'll oh, be yeah, the one that slips right. through the cracks. Like, yeah, they won't. Yeah, I'm going to just no one's going to somebody no else pack I'm, my bag and put the dehydrated monkeys in it. Yeah. Oh, OK. Bigger goof. This guy or Jack Jones for trying to get through with a gun. I say mm. this guy. Yo, the, yeah, you, when you're dealing with animals and dehydrated yep. animals. Absolutely. Yeah, this guy Jones. Seriously, he's bringing like, you know, uh dysentery or whatever with him you can't shoot somebody with a dried monkey there is like i know i remember when i went to mexico one time like you you go into mexico and you get your bags and now you're going through like the area where they're going to check your bags or not and it's really it was like luck 
if you get a red light, you have to stop. You know, and a green light, you just go right by. You just go right by them. They don't check anything going in. And if you're the unlucky guy that gets the red light for no other reason other than it was just your turn, right, then you then you have to sit there and open up and they see all the monkey heads. Monkey oh, God. Otherwise, you're getting through. That's so weird even to say it. And with that, we are done. Uh, Chicken Nick and Billy, great job of uh, getting in there today. I know it's not as bad up there, but still, we uh, appreciate the effort, gentlemen. Thank you uh, very much. There will be uh, pizza and other stuff in your uh, future. Because I actually have to pay off Pizza Bet 2 for you and I. Well, I was on the other side of the Super Bowl. And Kansas City ended up winning because San Francisco sucked. Otherwise, I would have been 11-0. So anyway... So let's save it. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to uh, bank that and make sure everybody's taken care of. Uh, but seriously, good job by Billy and Nick and Coop. Uh, and, uh, well, if anything went wrong, you can blame those three people because, uh, well, we were uh, sitting We weren't home. even there. Well, I got to go to my garage for a few minutes, and then it's fire up the snowblower. I can't wait. Jones and Mego are next. Foyer and I will see you tomorrow morning bright and early at 10 a.m. Thank you for listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.